You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. everybody and welcome to an episode of the film feast podcast i'm your host matt bledsoe and we're kicking off the spooky season a little early because we had too many episodes to fit into october uh, so we're kicking it off with the lost boys from 1987 uh tell me talk about it i'm joined by someone you've heard many times in the show and other great podcasts like cobwebs shock and awe the film alchemist podcast and many more it's carmelita valdez mccoy carmelita how you doing hey friends <laughs> i am strange but not a stranger at least this not is, to film piece listeners. <laughs> this is true. It's I didn't want to call back. you. Oh, I'm glad to have you back. I didn't want to call you strange <laughs> at the risk of insulting you. I almost put in there I am, like. I am strange though. <laughs> Anyone who listened to the crash episode already knows this. This is true. This, <laughs> And I, they think I just can't handle anything if they listen to the crash episodes. Um, <laughs> it's like Matt was falling apart. Um <laughs> I just had a friend watch, I, already off topic, but I had a friend watch Crash recently. He blind bought nice. the Criterion because um, he likes Cronenberg and he came over to my house the other day and we, he was like, man, I watched Crash for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I liked it, but what the fuck, man? It's <laughs> like, I know, right? And then we just went through it piece by piece. <laughs> we were like, remember when that thing happened? And he's like, he's like, I'm watching it. And it's like one crazy thing after another. I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> And the funnier thing was that we're talking about it. There's a third friend to find in the room who's looking at both of us like, what? He's never seen it. So he's like, what is this movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if he's never even heard of it or hadn't seen it, that would just be a very surreal <laughs> conversation to be I'm sitting in the middle. Really of. talking around stuff. And he's still like, what? I'm like, Rob, the part with their leg wound. And he's like, oh, man, that was nuts. I didn't know. <laughs> it was... I didn't know things like that existed. No, I didn't either until I saw Crash. But um, <laughs> but we both were like, we both agreed. We both like it, but a weird movie to go around and tell people that you like. Like, if they know about it, if they even know about it. But uh, if they don't, then you're probably in the clear. <laughs> or they think you mean the, the 2004 <laughs> or five, and I remember Crash, the other Crash. That Yes, the other one. That happens quite a bit these yeah. days. And I go, uh huh, yeah, that, yeah, that one, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you survived the crash episode. You're still talking to me. We're still, still friends. talking to you. <laughs> that will and probably be the most awesome. awkward conversation we'll ever have. So we, we've, <laughs> once you've talked about crash with someone, you're really bonded. At that you're point. bonded. True. That. Uh, yes. So now Lost Boys will be much easier for me to talk about Lost Boys. Much easier. Much easier. So so much better. <laughs> Only the weirdest thing in this movie is the oiled up guy playing the saxophone. I think. Yeah. I mean, Maybe there are. <laughs> there are some weird things, but it's like a different weird. Very different kind of weird. <laughs> Very different. different. Kind of weird. But uh, but yes, Lost Boys. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, and I almost called you a creature of the night in the intro. I don't know if you'd be okay with that. I am. But, okay. 
So okay, that I would should... be an app description. I have to go back and re-record <laughs> it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did mention in the intro that it's beginning of like our October, Halloween, spooky season, everyone to find it, those episodes. There were too many to fit to October uh, because I put a poll out and was like, I have this episode idea, pick an episode. And I thought I didn't have enough, but I already had enough episodes. <laughs> so Oops. that's like a bonus now. So the more yeah. the merrier, friends. Yeah, I know. I People can't get enough. I know our friend Daniel on Cobwebs already started his stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm on one of those that by the time this will be out, that'll be on like two weeks. We did our uh, planning a 24-hour horror marathon nice. again. Me, Daniel, and Keith Rich. Um, people can check that out. So I'm very much in the spooky season mood already. And I want to know... I don't know if you're out of the mood. Are you <laughs> recording this a little early, but are you in the spooky spirit yet? Well, are that's where I live. I was going to say, I was going to say. Right? You, so, yeah. So I don't, there's not, it doesn't take much. Like I watch horror throughout the year. Um, my, ha- my house kind of looks a little like a crypt. <laughs> I, it, the lights are always turned off unless I'm podcasting so that you That's can actually see me. Same way. I have a um, top light on that I hate, but I'm like, I got to have the light for the podcast. <laughs> right. You know, so I'm kind of always low level there. Like the, I have a baseline spookiness that is just- Never goes away. Yeah. That's just who I am. <laughs> but definitely this time of year, it's like the rest of the world catches up mm-hmm. and meets me where I, where I live. So there is a there is a heightened level of excitement as like September starts unfolding and I can see I can see the glory of October just over the horizon. And October is my birthday month and then it's Halloween and the weather starts changing and it's it gets dark earlier, like starts getting noticeably dark earlier and I just yes. So my excitement level is high. <laughs> already it's good me too i i used to i feel like I used to watch more horror movies throughout the whole year the past year or two i've been watching like way less overall mm. like i don't know what happened i got like burned out or something ha- and i mean that happens sometimes uh, yeah i i That's almost okay. feel like a poser i'm like I, but i no, i still no, love no, no, horror no. movies but i yeah i just i don't so i watch very little but i now i'm back in it like even like, I think end of August, I was feeling it. I was like, I'm back. I'm, I'm nice. in it. Like, it's so time. it's time. Yeah. And I do, I, I feel like I like the rest of the world catching up and they're all into scary stuff too. It's like the one time a year people are like, let's watch something scary. Like I do all the outdoor like pumpkin patches and haunted attractions. Oh, I'm curious about this. Cause I brought this up on Daniel show too, that I, I like going to like haunted attractions, mm. but I don't like people jumping out at me or grabbing they only grab a lot but like grab I'm curious about you how do you feel about this um I mean I don't do stuff like that very often mostly Uh because it like it takes a lot to scare me Mm -hmm. but yeah having someone like jump out at me I grew up in kind of a rough city (laughs) and and like there's like a certain reaction there's a reflex if someone comes at you wrong and i don't (laughs) like to i don't like to go to that place (laughs) that's you know i don't yeah i don't know if i said on the episode or afterwards or talking daniel but like 
I'm not like a tough guy. I wasn't trying to say that, I, but I have the no. same kind of reflex. I went to like a little yes. bit of a, a little bit of a tough high school. I don't oversell it, but like, just wasn't, he just like, I'm on my toes a little bit and people jumping out at me. It's like a, my, my hands go up and like, I'm not exactly. saying I'm, I might hurt re- my own hand punching them. that fight but. or flight or freeze <laughs> response. You have no control over it. Right. And, <laughs> and if it, if it triggers the fight response, like that's, yeah. Yeah. They, it doesn't I really scare me. I find it more annoying. I almost feel like. Right. I'm almost more like annoyed at being startled because it will start. <laughs> of course, someone jumping out at you is going to be like, ah, but yeah. then I'm kind of like, oh, kid. like, but then I also know it's like some teenager doing their job and I feel bad. Yeah, they're but, getting paid minimum wage. Yeah. And I know, again, I, I hate, like, I, I walked around, I've walked around quite a few. We have a thing called Bush Gardens, a big theme park mm-hmm. here. And they do a pretty, I mean, it's pretty incredible. They do like a pretty uh, hollow scream, they call it. And it's like very well done. But you walk all over the park. If you're just walking anywhere, people could pop out of like a bush. And it's like, um, <laughs> you know, and it's, I just, I'm more annoyed. I'm just like, leave me alone. I just want to, I kind of want to walk through these spooky attractions with nobody popping out just so I can fully enjoy them, I think is my problem. Yeah, you don't, you don't need them to directly interact with you. Right. Yeah. And then <laughs> I go with people who are terrified. Like, I, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. Like, because uh, I don't get scared by a lot of stuff. Just I watch so many horror movies. Although, again, I was saying, like, I don't like to be. It's weird. There are certain things I do avoid because I don't want to be too scared. Like, there's a lot of, like, Asian horror movies that I know would, like, freak mm. me out that I avoid on purpose. <laughs> like, I, there's a level I don't want to get to where I'm genuinely, like, I got to turn the lights on. I'm really scared. Sure. Some found footage has it, too. Found footage is a bad rap. But there's some found footage that, like, movies that really are effective for me. I think because they're so they don't feel like a real movie. Sometimes you forget you're like, Oh, I'm watching an actual movie. Well, so much of our lives now, I think are recorded. Like we're used to seeing that people record things all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a, a, the line is blurry now. It's yeah. And like, I think it's also like they use a first person view a lot. You're locked in. It's like, ah, but yeah, and go to these parks and people who are like terrified. And then I'm like looking like, oh, I can see that guy behind there. I can see how they're doing this effect. Like I'm just looking for that kind of stuff, which probably goes back to like watching a lot of horror movies. I don't know, but I'm just like, oh, there's that person. They're going to come out this way. Like I see the trap door. So, you know, it's like, I don't know. I just, it's not my, it's not my favorite thing, but I want to go through them just unbothered. Basically. (laughs) That's what I figured out. (laughs) Let me walk through your park. And leave me alone. <laughs> I hope the day comes that you find one that can. I hope so. I think it'd like, be really is rich in sync or something. with what it is you're looking for. Yeah. I think I need to be very be wealthy nice. to pay off the theme park to say, like, I need the park for one night, send the actors home, just right. let me walk through. <laughs> well, this makes me think, like, I'm surprised that no one, especially with just how um, concerned businesses are about liability Mm -hmm. i'm surprised they don't have like some system like they make you wear a badge or something that like signals to people like i need you to not touch me or like get (laughs) too close to me you know yeah yeah that's a good point because there's lots of reasons why a person might not like it might not be a good idea to get in someone's personal space that's a good point i guess they must think like if you're there that's just right. you saying it's okay. That's I don't on know. you. Yeah. I don't be. know. The trick I found <laughs> is if you're at these parks, just stay near. If you're with a group, 
get your group and you're like a group of very scared looking like usually like probably girls like teenage girls and all the right. actors will just focus on them because they're just like sure. screaming their heads off yes and you just they'll, give, they'll give the reaction that then heightens it for everyone else <laughs> yeah and you just use them as like a buffer and they've already scared them and you just go aha I'm God. just picturing you behind a wall of teenage girls. You're using them as a human shield. <laughs> now it sounds creepier than I meant it to be. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just, and it sounds sadder too. Like I'm using these girls like a human shield. <laughs> girls, you go ahead and take the the scare. I can't. <laughs> oh boy, I didn't think that one through when I said it out loud. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> and I won't. All edit this it. to say, this is the most wonderful time of year. It is. I really took us on a tangent there. Sorry, right off the bat. It took us off on like a whole thing. No, but, no, no. And um, we're like, we're getting in the swing. We're getting in the spirit. It's it's wonderful. <laughs> it is great. I do love it. I feel even more in the spirit this year than I feel like the past couple years, I would say. So that's good. I'm already nice. tightened. So I'm ready. So um, that's, I guess, segueing out of that into stuff you've seen lately. I don't know if it's all been scary stuff or... It can be not scary stuff is fine too, but anything you've seen that you want to talk about? Uh, so one of these is scary. One of these is not. Fair the enough. thing they have in common <laughs> is their very recent watches of newer films that surprised me in some way. So the first one, and I apologize if you've already talked about this. I was trying to, I was trying to think back to recent film feast episodes, think like, oh, have they already talked about this in recent watches? but I can't recall. So if this is a retread, my apologies. I watched Elvis. I took a chance. I don't think Elvis has come up yet. And watched Boz Lerman's Elvis. Okay. <laughs> How'd that go? It was surprisingly good. That's what I keep hearing. Okay. Yep. I was not expecting this, friend. I... <laughs> So my history with Boz Lerman is like, I like some of his earlier stuff. I love Romeo and Juliet. Moulin Rouge is where he and I parted ways. <laughs> uh <-huh. Yeah>. And <laughs> ever since then, I've either stuff he's put out just really just, I wasn't interested or I just didn't even bother. And biopics are challenging. It's really hard to get it right. I think that's just the nature of the beast. Mm -hmm. So I was skeptical and I, I had like zero expectations for this thing, but it's on HBO max now. So I was like, well, I kind of already paid for it. So I'm curious. And I was like a weird little kid. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Elvis as a kid. And so I was kind of like, I'm, I'm just curious to see how they'll approach it. Cause I used to watch like a lot of like Elvis, like, TV movies and like Elvis movies. And so mm. I was curious. It was really good. I oh, okay. really enjoyed it That's way good. more than I expected yeah. <laughs> to. This is good because I, it's on HBO now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I kind of want to see it in theaters because there's so much good buzz about it. Although I have a like severe Baz Luhrmann allergy. Like I, he and I <laughs> have never been on the same page. Uh, I kind of thought Romeo and Juliet was interesting when I was younger. Mm. I remember especially the opening being really like striking to me. I was like, what is it going is. on? I was like, this is insane. Like, um, <laughs> and I feel like we were learning. No, it would have been years later, but like we were learning Romeo and Juliet probably freshman year high school. It probably would have been like that five right. or six years after 
the movie came out, but everybody wanted to talk about that version, which they use basically the same dialogue, yes. right? Yes. Does the story go that much differently? I mean, it's like no. it's a different setting like, it's, and it's modern. It's Romeo and Juliet. It's just that the setting is this this beachside town and the families are kind of like crime families. Oh, uh-huh. right. But yes. it's, it's, <laughs> it's the Shakespearean verse. It's just, these aren't Shakespearean actors delivering it. So it's right. like Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio doing Shakespeare. <laughs> it was very the soundtrack yeah. is a big seller for that. Oh one. yeah. Yeah. I remember that soundtrack the being a big deal. The, it's just very frenetic. Yeah. And I love it, but I was surprised it, by Elvis. Give it a chance, friend. You might I, like it. I will actually, because I I thought I would never see a Baz Luhrmann movie. Everyone's about Elvis being great, and like I'm not even the biggest Elvis fan in the world. My mom loves Elvis, but I'm not the biggest Elvis fan. But like I kept hearing these good things about it. Uh, I think now the challenge is like I was talking to my girlfriend. We both want to see it, but I'm like, do you want to sit down and watch the two and a half hour? Elvis movie tonight and it's like I'm kind of tired for the two and a half hour Elvis movie you know like finding the time to set aside to watch that but um I definitely it's there now I really gotta watch it surprised me too that it it I didn't feel it didn't ever felt feel like it 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 was dragging for me I think because Bob Lerman has that frenetic that real dynamic pace but his style is used really effectively on this film and he didn't overdo it that's good. Yeah, because I've I haven't even seen Moulin Rouge or Great Gatsby, but I've seen enough to make me never want to see either one. Right. <laughs> like I think too it or... helps. Yeah. That Elvis was a musician. So Does you know <laughs> you have all these Elvis songs. And so they there's just a couple of contemporary um pieces of music that they throw in. There's some hip hop tracks that are kind of playing in the background. They aren't in the forefront. And they aren't being sung. Elvis isn't singing a rap song, right? Like Elvis <laughs> oh, is singing God. Elvis songs. Uh, but there are there's those little touches of like contemporary music, but it isn't like in your face. That's good. Yeah. That's that makes me happy. So no, okay, I'm I, gonna get to it. it give soon. it a shot. I think it's worth it's worth checking out. Probably gonna get to it before October starts because I want to be basically watching all horror stuff. So I want to yes. kind of just see it before then so i will see it soon hopefully because everyone has said good things about it even people that don't like basler movies or just don't even care about elvis they're like oh this is pretty great so um yeah i need to see it so <laughs> i'm glad you liked it yeah yeah i, I mean i am too because i invested <laughs> two and a half hours right. in it like i would have been really upset if... <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it worked out I was very surprised. <laughs> I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And then <laughs> this next film um, was surprising for very different reasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I watched The Innocence, the Norwegian film that came out 2021. It's on Shutter right now. Mm-hmm. And and like when you say the innocence, like people who are familiar with like classic movies will go, oh, is this like a remake of the 1960 horror film? No, not even remotely. This is like a completely different thing. It just happens to also be called the innocence. So people should be warned about that. Um, it's about like like these like kids who start developing these supernatural powers. 
Mm-hmm. They like live in like an apartment building and they start and they're like little kids, like varied ages. But you know me. I like bleak movies. Mm-hmm. I like some depraved shit. <laughs> but this movie, something about it was really mean, like oh. right from the jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's like, like a- animals get hurt and I don't like that. And, and like kids being like one kid being mean to another kid with disabilities and like, I don't, it just, I don't know, something about this movie kind of set me off. So it's like, I think it's a good film, but it was kind of hard for me to watch it. Oh, wow. Okay. That makes me think it's like, cause I feel like you watch some pretty crazy stuff and that I just do. Sounds, the tone of this just sounds super mean spirited from what you're saying. Like it felt really mean. Do you think it's cause it's like very little kids? Like the fact that it's like, if it was maybe like teenagers or it would, is it just fact that it's like very little children? Is that I, part of it? I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly, like I, I've been trying ever since I watched it the other day, I've been trying to put my finger on what exactly about this disturbed you so much. Mm-hmm. Cause I love creepy kid movies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and disturbing stuff. And yeah. Like... Yeah. And just, yeah. So this <laughs> didn't, it just didn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't put my finger on it. And I'm still trying to figure out like what exactly, what exactly about this hit a raw nerve. I don't know. I mean, the animal stuff for sure. That's pretty obvious. Like, like scenes where animals are hurt. Like I go into John wick mode, Um, (laughs) but yeah. So yeah, so I mean, if people are looking for a horror movie for the season, it's on Shutter. I mean, it's well done, and it might not trigger someone else like it triggered me, but it made me feel kind of icky. Oh wow, okay. I oh, you know what? I was like, why have I heard of this? I was thinking of the other Innocence. If it's a kind of a generic sounding title, and yeah. I have a friend who I know in real life who was talking about it, and I kind of forgot he brought it up that he hated it, like. Gave it a half star and letterbox hated it. Like, oh, but he didn't go into detail. I think because he thought I might watch it. He was like, I won't say too much. I, it's like, I don't think I want to watch this now at all. Like, he was like, I'll tell you, I hated it. I hated it. Like, he just like really was like, I hated it so much and like barely finished it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, but he says that about a lot of things. So it's sure. hard to take him seriously. Some but I like my friends on, on Letterboxd that have rated it have given it pretty good yeah. ratings. So, and 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 they're and they're people who love horror. So I and I do think it is well done. And the kids, I mean, very convincing. <laughs> they were, these children were convincing. I was convinced. Uh, yeah, I was just really surprised by my own reaction. But this is what's awesome about horror, right? Is like, you never know. It's and it's so subjective. What what is disturbing? Right. Right. And like, what is the line? Like, when does something go too far, push some boundary or comfort level that you might not even be aware you had? I mean, that's, that's part of the joy of horror. So, so yeah. So I would say, you know, Hey, we like horror. I mean, it's, it's good. It's just like, be prepared to want to hit some kids in the face. (laughs) 
That's all I'm saying. Just imagine them getting attacked at a theme park, a haunted <laughs> a horror theme park. And I don't, I don't condone <laughs> violence on children, but yeah. <laughs> I, I had some urges. You could just use them as human shields when you go to the horror theme park. Yes, the horror, <laughs> these kids were mean. They were really mean. I don't like. I was just talking with somebody about how I hate watching bullying in movies and kids being mean to each other like yes it sounds like it might even go beyond like normal bullying type stuff so yeah okay well i probably won't i don't know if i'll check that out anytime soon like <laughs> well then i'm glad that i've given you the warning yeah 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 i'm not saying don't watch it i'm just saying like be prepared okay fair That's enough all. uh <laughs> anything else you want to bring up nah okay <laughs> i watch uh, a lot of stuff you know me uh, yeah, yeah, I did the same way. So I have three that I think I'll go through pretty quickly because it's not too much to say about any of them, really. Um, okay, I watched <laughs> a Wes Craven movie, which okay. usually is a good thing, unless yeah. you're watching My Soul to Take from 2010. Have you, <laughs> your reaction? I can't. Have you seen I this movie? Don't. I'm trying to. I don't think so. It, like the title sounds familiar, so like I'm aware of it, but I I don't think so. I'm gonna try to, to explain sure. this movie. Um, there's a serial killer who dies. Oh, I have seen this. Okay, <laughs> that's the impression that it left on me. That you just yeah, I. It's funny because I don't think I could forget it because it's like. I, okay, I thought it was very bad. I don't. I, there was a lot of people that are boxed who disagree with me. I, I think uh, people I've talked to, uh, my friends Hayden and Mark, uh, both. I think Hayden really likes it. Mark said he turned around on it once he watched it with Hayden. Um, it's a kind of horror movie you'd want to watch with friends or in a group setting. Right. You need the buddy system. You need the buddy system because it'd be more fun. Because everybody in this movie, every character main characters guys who are just driving an ambulance random emts everybody talks like they're crazy and they have the, the <laughs> script is so insane like all the lines are bananas like nobody seems to be taking like anything seriously i don't know how to describe it. it's like it's so weirdly and it's written by Wes, Cra Wes craven it's like right a late thing he wrote and directed it and it's elijah pointed out that it's like a 70 year old man trying to uh maybe do speak younger like he's trying to talk for teenage characters yes there's some that's, weird stuff uh, that's a challenge said like i almost fell out of my seat when one girl who's kind of like a religious character uh is talking to like the main guy and she's walking away and she says like if it gets too hot don't forget to turn up the prayer conditioning and oh yeah <laughs> Oh, I was like, wait, what just happened? And like, um, there's a lot of stuff like that. Imagine that line happening yeah. many times or just lines like no, that. As you're, you're talking, like... my memory is getting jogged. I, I, <laughs> in looking at my letterbox, I actually gave it a higher score than I remembered. I think I gave it like three stars. I was one of the I, few people to rate it kind of lowly of what I was seeing. Like, I think I, I felt like, <laughs> you know, in terms of like the direction and visually, the movie looks good. And it's a really, it's a, it's, it's kind of like a high, it's an interesting concept behind the film. Yeah. This whole like weird serial <laughs> kill thing. Like it's, it's interesting. But yeah, like some of the writing, especially the dialogue, was not great. And I, 
I don't, I think we, we might've talked about this before, or maybe I talked it elsewhere. I, the older I get, I'm just, I'm not interested in like new teen movies. I'll never stop watching the teen movies I grew up with. And when I watch those, I'm like transported. (laughs) And so it doesn't matter that I'm watching a teen movie and I'm old enough to be these people's parents. Like I'm just, it takes me back to where I was when I first saw it. I'm able to enjoy it, but like more contemporary teen films. I'm like, oh my God, like, no, I'm like your mother. (laughs) And this is you're annoying. <laughs> just, I, don't have, I don't have the patience for this. They, I, I mean, this is like, I felt like it would have been weird in 2010. It's weird now. Mm-hmm. It's just so, um, I didn't even describe the plot. I, mean, I it's I, There's a guy who is like a killer who gets killed years years back. I think like 16 years like back. like the anniversary or something. Yeah, there's seven babies born who share yes. the same birthday as the date he was killed. And right. then 16, they do some like ritual every year. Like the seven kids do a thing to like ward him away. The Ripper, they call him the Riverton Ripper. <laughs> and the one kid, I guess they mess up the ceremony, which everyone thinks is like BS anyway. They're like, eh, it doesn't matter. It's all what it's all a joke. Right. But then he comes back and it's like killing people. And there's like people, souls jumping at bodies, I think. And I, by the end, I really didn't know what was even happening. Honestly, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> they were trying to explain it. I was like, who's doing what now? And the what? Like, everybody's pitch such an insane level in this movie like the acting like i don't know what anybody was doing i don't know what i was like what was Wes craven thinking and then i was so happy that it wasn't his last movie because he made scream four a year after this I was like oh thank god because a terrible one to go out on um I, there's so much i just it's so much stuff going on in the movie that it's like just so cram full of stuff there's like a weird uh power system in the high school like one girl like it's like the ringleader and you have to pay her to do stuff like i, I can't think park your bike yeah, i think yeah 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 really yeah. weird like it's so bizarre i could definitely see <laughs> myself having fun with it like with a group or like a, a yeah. crowd who was like into totally. it because i don't think it's meant to be funny but there's so much of it that's like funny unintentionally i think like <laughs> where i'm like is this a comedy it's i, I just not by myself and not have a good time like i was like this is real bad <laughs> I thought, sorry, I think I'm the only person on Letterboxd who like thinks that, but uh, I guess everyone else right. has come around to it. But um, yeah, that was my soul to take. I finally watched that. So <laughs> one of the few West Grave movies I've ever seen. I was like, oh, I should probably watch this. It's like I've seen most of his movies, but not this one. And uh, that was pretty bad. So <laughs> that was that. Well, you've, you've ticked that box. Yep, that's done. Can, You're done. Yep. Throw you that never Blu-ray have to do it again away. if you don't want no. to. <laughs> Like oh, you I owned bought the, it. I bought it at like a secondhand oh, store for no. very cheap. The sticker was still on there. I paid like three dollars, oh, which is how much I would have paid to like digitally rent, rent it. it. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, that's fine, but I don't need to own it anymore. <laughs> so no. you can you can go in the box now and get be resold or something. Um, a movie I watched <laughs> that's not much better, uh, but it's like I had more fun with it. Um, have you ever seen the movie called Popcorn from 1991? No. Okay, popcorn. What is that? Kind of fun because I watched it actually the same day that I was going to do Daniel's show and do the 24-hour horror marathon. It's all about a group of like college students who are organizing a horror movie marathon at their like local theater. And oh, okay. there's a then there's a killer who shows up and terrorizes this all-night horror marathon. Um and it's 
uh, I think they kind of, I said, they kind of give away the killer is I think earlier than I remembered, but yeah, they like the killer is the design. The killer is kind of crazy and his backstory is even crazier. Um, I won't say much, but um, another weird movie where you're like, how did this get made? Because it's like, you're like, why is there so much reggae music in this? And you realize they shot this movie in Jamaica, but they oh. don't try to, tell you it's jamaica they just pretend it's like some town america i believe and uh but there's always these reggae bands popping up and reggae music and you're like that's interesting you're like oh they were in jamaica right and apparently they fired the director after a few weeks and fired the lead actress and replaced both of them and jill sholin's the lead who's been many other horror movies like stepfather family the opera um oh when a stranger calls back the yeah so mm-hmm. been a bunch of horror stuff uh she's good she probably had to come in and just like reshoot everything and really quickly and just jump right in and so the movie feels a little disjointed i will say that because it's like they, it was it was disjointed and yeah basically it's like i was loving when it's like there's like an 80s montage of fixing stuff up although it's the 90s but it feels like i swear this must have been shot in the late 80s because it definitely feels like a holdover <laughs> Like the whole time I was like, this is 1991 because it feels like 1988 or something. And but that's the thing about like 90, 91, even into like, 92. It's the bleed over. It's those cusp years. Right. You know, it takes a while for like full fledged 90s. true. Yeah. Yeah. It just it kind of really happen. A little older. I don't know. It was weird. It had a weird feel. But um, I mean, and then it's just like this horror marathon's going on. They do all this like crazy stuff. Like they're showing they shot like fake movies for their movie. So like the first director had shot a bunch of like movies to be shown at the horror marathon. I guess they wouldn't Mm. be rights to anything. So, and they're fun. They're like, there's one called like mosquito about a giant (laughs) nuclear mosquito. And like, which is a funny, goofy, like B fifties movie that they made up. And it's very funny. And they nail the tone of that. And in so confusing now, because okay, they're showing mosquito in popcorn and then in the movie Popcorn, in the theater, they're like throwing a giant mosquito across the crowd. Like, this is a thing I'd want to attend. This is a fun, they really thought this out. Um, <laughs> but then people are getting like murdered in the background. Like all the kids who set it right. up are being like killed off one by one. Um, it's kind of crazy. It's, I don't know, I had fun with it. I think I was in the right mood for it because nice. I was like, I want to plan a horror marathon. It's like, they're they're planning one. It looks really fun. It's like, um, yeah, I bought the Blu-ray a long time ago. So I don't think you can like easily stream it anywhere, maybe. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I had a good time with it. It's not a very good movie by like any technical measure, but I <laughs> I had fun with it. So um okay. Uh probably the best thing I watched, but still really weird. I feel like this You're on a streak. I am. It was like all things that were tonally <laughs> all over the place. Um, have you ever seen a movie called Lady in White from 1988? No, I don't think so. Okay. It sounds kind of familiar, but no, I don't believe so. The poster for years, it's like like a little actually show you the poster on here. It's like this little boy oh. in like a I thought he was in an attic, but apparently he was in like a closet. Uh okay. So but it's it's like a fantasy horror mystery thing. It's a very like it uh <laughs> it's it, the tone is and i heard this for years about it people were like the tone is really weird because it's always listed as like a horror movie but it it doesn't quite fully feel like one it starts off okay. like with 
the story of like an author coming back to his town hometown like i don't know 20 30 years after his when he was like a little kid like under his childhood and just telling this guy his story about like that he was like a young boy grew up in this town um and he got like locked in locked in the school uh uh, like a uh, coat closet one night by some kids pranked him because there was rumors that the girl was murdered in there years before. So it was like, mm. you know, like locking a kid on a house type thing. You lock sure. him in a scary place and he sees the ghost of this girl who was murdered. And then is she wearing white? That's a different person. <laughs> that's the, the okay. I know it's confusing. There's another, there's a lady in white. <laughs> it's, I can't, I'm not gonna do this thing justice at all, but the, that's all, there's so much going on in this movie. It's like, but then he, the guy who actually, murdered her comes back to the spot and sees him in there and almost kills him but the boy survives and then the whole movie is kind of like who who is the killer this boy the guy's all covered up so the boy doesn't know who he is but there's a there's a local man the janitor this is 1960s too in a small town uh the janitor is a black man who's being accused of of doing this because he was the only one in the building but all he did was basically just like fall asleep drunk downstairs and they're like oh you must be the killer they arrest him immediately and they outright say at one point like like someone tried to tell them like i don't think he's the guy and the cops are like it's he was there he's black like they're they're saying like it's it's so easy to pin it on him basically at this time and that whole subplot's going on with this guy who is not the murderer being accused of murder and trying to find the real murderer and there's ghosts and there's like the whole like (laughs) how does this He's seen a lady in white. How does she connect to the girl who died? And he's just seen all these ghostly visions, basically. And it's weird. Yeah, it has all these things going on. It's definitely kind of a mess. There's some very bad effects, even for 1988, <laughs> people flying. Uh, it's like, it's, yeah, I was like, ooh, ooh, these don't hold up at all. But um, can't blame it too much. I mean, it's 88, but like, these are bad for 88. But it's like, you know, oof. But Lucas Haas plays the main kid. He's pretty good. Um, it's it's weird. I don't know. I was kind of charmed by it because it has like a weird like Stephen King kind of charm. Sure. Because like, he always has those small town stories, and it's like, but then what's like the dark secret of the small town, and like what's going on, and like um, there was one thing that happened that I thought was so mean spirited and shocking that it like. Just, I thought it didn't belong in the movie. I was like, why? Mm. No, it was like, we don't need to do that. And I thought it was so weird. Again, I think it was so at odds with the rest of the movie. I'm just, there's so yeah. much going on that's like at odds with itself in the movie. Like, but a few people point out, like, this director apparently wanted to make this for years. And it seems like he just got it all out in the movie. He's like, I'm going to put all the ideas I had <laughs> into this movie and like just go for it. Um, structurally, it's weird too. I kind of felt like it was going to be almost over. And then I was like, oh, no, we still have like 25 minutes left or something. And I was like, no, this has to be done. Right. And just got it. it I, the structure is weird. The tone is weird. <laughs> like, but that makes sense. If I don't know if the guy directed much or anything, I guess he didn't probably know, like the rules, air quotes, like, like what to do. So, sure. Um, you know what they say? You have to know the rules before you try to break them. Right. Right. Uh, but I liked it. I mean, it just is a weird movie like uh yeah i don't know i don't know how to describe it or what to say about it um <laughs> actually every so episode if any listeners are feeling adventurous and they're trying to fill out their their horror movies for the for the upcoming month 
take a chance. Yeah, because I was think <laughs> I was thinking like, man, this would be one of those things if you put it like during a horror marathon, people will be mad at you because it's like almost what barely a horror movie. It's yeah, what is this? And like what kind of it starts off like a nice like story, like a like a coming of age story or something, like he's telling like his past and and then it's like a murder mystery and then it's a ghost movie and it's like what is this movie <laughs> so um but weirdly charming at points i don't know it's i yeah i almost didn't bring it up because i thought how am i gonna talk about this and clearly <laughs> i did a bang up job so <laughs> this is this is the magic the movie magic yeah. sometimes something can like you can intellectually know this doesn't really work but still be charmed and have a good time yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yes, thank you. Absolutely possible. It's absolutely possible. Yeah. And it's thank you. it's hard to <laughs> explain that or put it into words. And it's different for everyone. Like not everyone's going to have that same reaction for every film, but it, I mean, it does happen. Oh yeah. I could see people really not liking this because it's just hard to kind of get into, but <laughs> I was into it. I, yeah. Thank you for wrapping that up very nicely though. I feel like you said it perfectly. <laughs> uh, so, um, okay. So now I guess we can get into, we talk about the Lost Boys. Oh yes. <laughs> I know you're excited. I feel I'm so like excited. the this is past be fun. few days we've just said to each other, like, I'm so excited to talk about this. I'm so excited to talk about this movie too. Like, and thank you again. I, this is a pretty short notice. You just like three days. You were like, I'm there. Like, so I appreciate it. Um, and no, it just the been... pleasure is all mine, friend. And <laughs> this is a film I've seen so many times. Now I did watch it again ahead of our discussion. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm very familiar. So this, this is going to be a good time. Okay, good. I'm excited. I, uh, I don't know if you're like me, like, even if I think I've seen the movie dozens of times, I know it back backwards and forwards for a podcast. I kind of feel like I have to watch it sometimes. Like, I don't know. I always I like, do. I, I yeah. need it to be fresh, even if it's something I've seen many, many times. I want it. <laughs> I want yes. it to be fresh. I want to be thinking about like, Maybe there's something I pick up on some, because I always pick up on something new, rewatching something, or something will hit in a different way in a in a subsequent viewing, and and so I always get something out of rewatching a movie. It's a good point. Yeah, it's like I feel like like you forget stuff sometimes. Like, oh, that mm-hmm. thing, this part was great, or that was great. Um, so. I want to ask you, because I feel like this movie means a lot to you or you love this movie. So did you, I'm guessing you saw this very young. Is that fair to say? So, so I think, I think the thing about the Lost Boys for me is it's just such a, an 80s staple. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think it's, it holds a pivotal place in in vampire cinema. I'm a big fan of vampire movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell you, this is not one of my favorite vampire movies even. <laughs> but, because I, I just, I just love vampire movies so much. So there's a lot. And yes, there's a lot. There's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of good ones. <laughs> but this one does hold a very pivotal place in terms of, you know, in the, in the, bygone era of cinema when the monsters were monsters you're Mm -hmm. supposed to root for van helsing not for dracula you're supposed to root for you know like right and and this film is interesting i think 
because, or even like Fright Night, like you're supposed to want the teenagers to vanquish the next door neighbor vampire. Like you're supposed to want that. (laughs) And I think this film is interesting because on paper, that's what they want. Like the vampires are monsters and the heroes have to stop the vampires. But I'm going to let you in on a little secret that's not a secret. I wanted the vampires to win in this movie. And I always have. Oh, okay. This is where, I, we'll, this is where we're going to differ, though. This is yeah. <laughs> this, this, this is going to be a very interesting conversation. I had a feeling this was going to happen. <laughs> like, I think this is the ending in this movie is like a tragedy. Oh, no. <laughs> the quarries well, lived. Oh, How is dude. that a happy ending? Oh, I had a I had a whole question about what you think about the quarries, and I feel like that question has been I answered. Mean, we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll get, get back more to into it, them. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, so this is a film that like it's just so synonymous with the whole '80s, late '80s aesthetic, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's it's part of the teen movie thing, but not quite. Like it's it sits in this really interesting place, I think in in 80s 90s cinema and it's one that was like playing on tv all the time and so it's one that you would just catch it and you would just watch it over and over again and so it's just so much a part of my youth and then there's the added piece that I grew up my hometown was about 35 40 miles away from Santa Cruz which is where a lot of this film was filmed. It's one of the main locations. And Santa Carla, the fictional town in this movie, is basically Santa Cruz in all but name, really. So like growing up, like we used to go to that boardwalk. You ever see a shirtless man playing saxophone? (laughs) (laughs) I did not. That I did not Well. (laughs) <laughs> but they do, but they, you know, they do do concert series in the summertime. So like, oh, yeah, yeah. so like I've seen bands at, on that beach. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so when I was a kid, a little kid, we go to the boardwalk, you know, every once in a while in the summertime. And that was the eighties. And then when I got a little older as a teenager, as soon as someone had a car, we <laughs> would go and we'd go to shows punk rock shows ska shows like we'd go hear bands in in downtown santa cruz and and then i transferred to uc santa cruz my last two years of college and got stuck in santa cruz and lived there for six years (laughs) Mm -hmm. so so it it has that that piece to it too i know people that are lifers that (laughs) were born and raised (laughs) there still live there and it's very much a part of the fabric the social fabric of mm-hmm. Santa Cruz, this movie. They they do screenings of it oh, at wow. the boardwalk yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. in the summertime. Like it's a big deal for people. I, this is their they movie. Yeah. This is, yeah. So <laughs> is it not because it seems like a very cool place to live. Is it not that cool to live? Is it like one of those things where you live there and it's like it's not all it's cracked up? I to mean, be? that depends on who you ask. Were you tired of all the goddamn <laughs> vampires? Or was it <laughs> I, I mean, I think I, Okay, this is coming from the girl who, if 
if like we had a true blood situation and it turned out the vampires outed themselves and said, Hey, we're here. I'd be the first one in line to get turned. So <laughs> I, I might've enjoyed my time in Santa Cruz more if there were actual well, vampires. That's a good point. I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was never know, in sub- a- yeah, yeah, sorry. All these things I want to talk about, you're bringing up. I'm like, I'm, yes, that, that, and that. Um, Santa this- Cruz is a, is a small beach town. Mm-hmm. And then in the mid-70s, they built the college. They built a, a California university there. But this place is is geographically, Santa Cruz itself is pretty small. And there's some, some neighboring little towns that it, it kind of all feels of a piece. And then mm-hmm. you have the Santa Cruz mountains. So it's like they're hemmed in by the Pacific, you know, by the coast, by the bay on Mm -hmm. one side and then mountains on the other. And it gets a lot of tourism in the summertime for the boardwalk and the beach Mm -hmm. and shopping and and those sorts of things. So the economy is really centered around service work. And a lot of those jobs don't pay very well. A lot of people are kind of living paycheck to paycheck. The cost of living is really high because of the proximity to the beach, because of the university, and because it's a pretty easy commute to go into Silicon Valley. Oh, okay. I was going to ask like what the biggest city near it was, like if it was San Diego or San Francisco or like, because I don't know California geography that well, honestly. the, The next closest like bigger city would be San Jose. Oh, San Jose. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I live, I live one town over from Virginia beach. I might as well say I live in Virginia beach. Cause it's literally the city border is right there. And the, the actual right. beach itself is like 20 minutes on a good day there from where I live 30 minutes plus when it's traffic. Um, and it's very much the same. It's like, it's, it feeds on like summer tourism money and service jobs. And like, I don't know about you, like living near it. It's not as exciting. It's not, <laughs> it's oh, not man. like, I, we, every local hates, hates our local, uh, oh God, not, I guess it's the boardwalk. I was going to say like the, just beach street, whatever they call yeah. it, the oceanfront. We all hate the oceanfront. Like we all have like locals beaches we go to, like everybody hates the touristy area. Like nobody wants to go down there. It's kind of dumpy. Like, I just can't believe anybody comes here on vacation. <laughs> like, and, and, and this not is thing, and well I think from, that's yeah. part of why this film really works so well. Mm-hmm. Although I can tell you that this movie really, to me, feels very Santa Cruz and it just happens that like they film there and and it really looks like Santa Cruz and the way they talk about it, it sounds like they're talking about Santa Cruz, even though they're calling it Santa Carla. (laughs) But I think a lot of seaside towns have some of these same dynamics and issues. And so that comes through. I was kind of thinking, Um, yeah, when I was watching, I was like, yeah, this is... I'll put it in downplay Virginia Beach. I tell people, like, come visit me. I have a beach. I'm like, no, I'll show you the good spots, guys. We're going to go to the touristy spots. But we're not going uh, there. It's like, it's funny because you have people are like who don't live near any kind of water at all, like Midwest people are like, oh, it must be so great. I'm like, eh, the beach is boring after a while. <laughs> like, I feel bad. I feel like I'm spoiled. Like, we've got the ocean right there. And after a while, you're like, eh, it's a lot of people. I figured down. out that I, I, per- I like, I'm drawn to live near a coastline like near the water. Yeah. But I'm never, I never actually set foot on the beach. Like I never actually go, <laughs> but I feel good about having the water nearby. I don't know what that is. Like I like it nearby, but I don't want to go there. Yeah. But I'm not going to go I kinda, there. I kind of get it. I kind of, yeah. I don't go to the it's beach rock either. So yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this film has like, well, the whole murder capital of, 
of the world thing is something they that they say about Santa Cruz because they had a bunch of serial killers that were oh. active in that area mm-hmm. in the 70s. So it got that um, that moniker. When I was living in Santa Cruz, I used to always hear people talk about like some like curse, like an Indian curse because oh. of burial <laughs> grounds or who knows. It's, it's, it's an interesting place. There's also a lot of, at least when I was there and, and I don't, I don't go back very often anymore at all. It's been years since I've been mm-hmm. back to visit. Uh, but it was always like, it was like the place where a lot of, like there was a lot of like counterculture. There was like the sixties counterculture. So a lot of hippies, a lot of former hippies. And then a lot of people who clung to the lifestyle <laughs> for dear uh-huh. life. So like, even when I was in college, like there was like drum circles every week downtown. Look on your face. You said drum circles, <laughs> it's like it's drum circles. Everywhere. Well, yeah, yeah I, I'm serious. I know like, what you mean. We it, have, yeah, few of those too. it took up the, my parking lot. They're like in the middle my of car. a parking lot. Move it along, um, hippies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so there was a punk scene. So there was punks and there was, and there was some goths and there was some like greaser rockabilly guys. And there was all these like <laughs> subcultures that would kind of congregate in Santa Cruz, which made it feel a lot bigger than it was, but it really is a small town. So like when you live there, my experience anyway, was that it's, it is really got the small town polit- social politics everybody knows everybody and everybody oh, knows everybody's uh-huh. business. And, and that's one of the things that struck me about rewatching the lost boys this time was was how they pick up so quickly that michael's new in town right you see a new face you're like yeah there's that distinction between the tourists the mob of tourists that you you can tell immediately that these people are tourists and so you just ignore them (laughs) and try (laughs) to avoid them as much as possible but if you see a face and you like you pick up on the fact that no this person has moved here fresh meat you know so yeah yeah that I know it's, it's all interesting. It, I mean, we definitely, I think, has bits of what you just told me. Like the real Santa Cruz sounds like it really is coming through in their made up Santa Carla. Like it just kind of totally sounds... does. So yeah. no, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you told me you lived there. I was like, what? That's amazing. <laughs> like, um, and it was so True funny because I, I think I misread what you wrote. So I thought you said like Santa Carla. No, the, the whole time I thought, I thought that place was made up. And I thought, is it real? <laughs> and then I reread. It. I was like, oh no, she was saying Santa Cruz. Okay. Um, but no, still, still pretty cool that you actually live there and like have some experience with the actual place. Cause I mean, yeah, if I lived there, I'd be like, Lost Boys was made here. How great is that guy? It's like, yeah. And, and a lot of time. people do like they kind of hold it up as like, this is our movie. You know? <laughs> but yeah. So it, I was trying to think also, I was like, I don't know when I first saw Lost Boys, but it feels like it's been so long or that I've seen it so many times that I don't remember. It's been, I don't think it's been that long, really. I probably think it's within the past like 10 to 15 years, maybe, but like, it might be, I don't know. It's again, one of those things where I'm like, it's blurry, but I did have a chance to see it in a theater once. They did a rec screening a few years ago. Um, Might've been like right before COVID, like end of 2019 or something. And uh, it played great. It really like, I think it was like sold out. People loved it. It was great. It was like one of the best screenings I've been to. Cause like those rep screens can go kind of like either way. I feel like it's sure. either, it's like, it can be the most annoying crowd you've ever been with, which is like when I saw the room with one of those crowds and I said, never again, <laughs> never do this. And I love that movie, but I don't want to see it with a bunch of people who think they're doing mystery science theater 3000 who okay. cannot do 
mystery science things. Like, I'm like, you guys know they pre-write those lines, right? They have a whole team. Uh, but no, oh boy. So yeah, that kind of screening where you're like, oh my God, get me out of here. Or the Lost Boys type screening where everyone's super into it and into the right parts and reacting the right way and having a great time. And like, um, it was pretty, it was pretty fantastic. So I feel like that was like, I'd already liked it when I saw it in theater. Then I would like, I love this movie. <laughs> so yeah, um, this, this film, it, it's a fun watch. And I, and, it, and I don't know if it's because, because of people I know and having lived in Santa Cruz and, and maybe just a, having grown up with the movie, but it feels like just so much a part of pop culture. Like every, like everyone recognizes Kiefer Sutherland as David. Mm-hmm. Very iconic look. Like this movie is very much a part of, of that pop culture coming out of, you know, the 80s. It's, it's just so much a part of all of our nostalgia, I guess. Yeah, and it feels very much of its time, which I think I appreciate. <laughs> like, this feels like a document of 1987. <laughs> like, um, and it's funny because I don't know if it did that well financially. Like, I, I, it got a cult status pretty quickly, but I think in the, and it, but it's funny because it feels like it influenced pop culture very quickly, even though it didn't like, it wasn't like a monster hit at the box office. Sure. I, I think it took off like really quickly on like VHS and cable. Cause I, I do remember you played a lot on cable. And a I lot think that, on TV. It was a lot on TV, but I think that was the point where I was still kind of young and still like scared of any kind of horror movie, even though I don't think this one's a particularly scary horror movie in any kind of way. It's like, I love it, but I don't think it's a very scary horror movie, but that's not why I watch it. But I think as a kid, I was like, I don't want to watch this. It might be too scary, but I don't think I would be very scared of the Lost Boys. So I watched it when I was like 10, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, just, it, it was on a lot. I know that for sure. Um, that's why I feel like I see bits and pieces of it. And I finally see, I was like, I got to watch this whole movie for once. And I do really like it. It's super stylish. It's very watchable. Just probably coming back to like the Joel Schumacher of the whole thing. Yes. Like, if he does nothing else well, he makes things look really pretty. And it's like, <laughs> it's very. That he does. Because <laughs> even when we talked about me and kind of like Batman and Robin a long time ago, uh, we both agreed like, it looks really cool. It's very colorful. It's not a great movie, but it's like, it's like, it can't accuse of like looking, it's kind of gaudy, but it's like, it looks, it is memorable. Lost Boys. Yeah. I, this film definitely has that too. Like there's, there's some really cool visuals in this. Mm -hmm. I love all of the points where, where, you know, David is in the darkness and all of a sudden there's a light just on his transformed vampire face it's really visually striking (laughs) you have something like the sex scene between (laughs) star and michael which would probably be really hot if it weren't for the cheesy gaudy um superimposed (laughs) images oh yeah and with cry Cry little sister playing in the background because I don't know about you, but I don't think I want to have sex to cry little sister. <laughs> just gonna throw that out there. No, just just St. Elmo's Fire for me. That's the only song I want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
other Schumacher joint. Uh, no, I, I was, it's a weird, like, it's kind of a weird sex scene. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's not, I think he thinks it's sexier than it is. If that makes yes. sense. But yeah, I forgot about the super It's a little images. too sensual. It's a little too sensual. Yeah. And there's and things like, like that in this film that it's like, there, there are little, little touches that you're like, whoa, that's a little much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well that's Joel Schumacher I think yeah it's overall really well done and there are some great visuals and right yeah (laughs) I I love the song Cry Little Sister but again (laughs) yeah not a great song okay should we just talk about it I mean (laughs) we probably should yeah let's Uh, just talk about it okay I well I had a question I don't know if you want to jump in like this I was going to ask what's your favorite song on the soundtrack because the soundtrack's pretty great from top to bottom I think it Uh, is so I love the soundtrack. I mean, I think my favorite will always be Echo and the Bunnymen's cover of People Are Strange by the Somehow Doors. I knew that'd be your favorite. I was going to guess. You knew. I knew. You knew. <laughs> I thought that would be your favorite. I don't know if you mentioned I love you, it. Do you, do you like that band a lot? Am I thinking? I love the Echo and the okay. Bunnymen. That's probably what I was thinking. I love of. the Doors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The marriage of those two things. <laughs> is i mean that speaks to me on a level this deep you know so yeah so i think that i would say that's my favorite but yeah there's in excesses on here like there's a lot of good stuff on this soundtrack and okay don't get me wrong i enjoy cry little sister Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's weird okay yes (laughs) we talked about this a little before it's a bizarre song (laughs) yeah because I don't, now that you brought it up, I'm like, wait, what are the lyrics? Cry little sister, thou shall not kills in there, right? Is that, okay? and then I'm like, yeah, so, but I'm like, what are the verses? I don't remember any of the verses. <laughs> let, let me help you here. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'll, let me help you. So, all right. So cry little sister. Great. Song by Gerard <laughs> McMahon. Who I know from nothing else. Of the song. I think he did like TV music. Oh, okay. Let me let me let me pull this up. Because I know, I mean, I know the the chorus. Right. Well. Yeah, yeah. The chorus, I know. So the, so the first, and he wrote this for the movie. That's part of what's so bizarre about it. <laughs> this was written for this film. Oh, okay. Okay. So keep that in mind. Like, mm-hmm. someone told him what this film was about. Maybe he they said- even showed him some footage. I don't know. But this is what he came up with. So the first verse is, last fire will rise behind those eyes. Black house will rock. Blind boys don't lie. Immortal fear, that voice so clear. Broken wall, those through broken walls that scream I hear. Cry, little sister. <laughs> and then you have the little children chorus. Shout not <laughs> Come, come to your brother. Thou shalt not die. Yeah. <laughs> Unchain me, sister. Never caught that before. Now <laughs> I'm reading Thou along with you, by the fear. way. Uh-huh. Love is with your brother. What does this mean? What is this? Thou like? shalt not kill. Uh-huh. So okay, let's let's just get this out front. The uh-huh. brother and sister that he's talking about in this is this is not these are not blood sip we're not talking about incest here right that's what i thought i mean i didn't know blood related brothers and sisters i just want to say that if there's not a brother and sister in the movie is there there's no if anyone's a brother and a brother 
Yeah, there's brothers, right. but there's no brothers. It's like that kumbaya, like the brotherhood of humanity. Like uh, we're all brothers and sisters, kind gotcha. of brothers and sisters. Yeah. You know? This, I'm just reading these lyrics and it is really weird. <laughs> it's really bizarre. It doesn't get any less weird. My Shangri-Las, I can't forget why you were mine. What does this mean? <laughs> Come to your brother. Run, trade me your sister. <laughs> like what? Uh, run, me? run, tra- it, there's no, it's run, trade me your sister. Run, yes, trade me your sister. That's, that's the lyric. I, the question is still what? Did he, <laughs> did he think no one was going to pay attention to the lyrics? He's like, the song sounds really cool. Um, we got a children. It sounds really fire. cool. It's got that, that like really dramatic vocals. Mm-hmm. He does those like real dramatic, like rocker vocals. <laughs> and then you have the cool organ bit that sounds like all gothic like we're going into a gothic mansion so the song sounds really cool but yeah like once you pay attention <laughs> to the lyrics you can never not hear them and ask yourself oh. why <laughs> i'm gonna listen to it fully after we get done recording and then just it. be like question everything i've known about that song uh i do <laughs> i do still love it though i they reprise yeah. it multiple times and every time oh, I'm it, like, yes, it give keeps me more coming back. Yeah. I'm like, great. I do. I do love. Um, I still believe like Tim Capello. <laughs> or, oh, just... we have to talk about Tim Capello as the sax man. <laughs> Everyone's yes, waiting do. for it. Everyone's waiting for it. I teased it's it earlier. Glorious. It's, it's one of the most uh, out of left field things. I feel like I've seen him. The first time I saw it, I was like, what is, why is he here? What's going on? Like, this is so random. Um, it's so incredible. All his moves. Oh my God, his move. He's so into it. He's just like, you don't and, often see lead singer slash saxophonist who's also kind of a dancer and also very muscular without a shirt on. Like a bodybuilder. There's yeah, the bodybuilder who's playing the sax singing and kind of dancing. It's like, this is not a combo that exists. He's all of these things. He's he contains a multitude. I think what the one thing that kind of, if I think about it too much, it makes me a little sad is that like this man is an accomplished musician. Like he was a working musician for many years. Like, and he had, he had collaborated and, and played sax for a lot of great musicians but this is the one thing that everybody will remember. He, he still goes to conventions and does this. Yeah. Seen the... I mean, why not? Right? I, no, it's kind of amazing. I like, I see everybody videos. loves it. Oh my everybody God. Yeah. It's like, it. He shows up and it's like, people lose their minds. Like I've seen videos of mm-hmm. like people ran like horror conventions. It's like, like the after party and Tinkapello's there just doing his thing <laughs> and people are losing. I mean, I would lose my mind if he walked in and started playing that song. I'd be like, yeah. what's happening? He's here. <laughs> like I was, I watched this super early this morning, just make sure I had time to watch it while sure. I was doing work in the background. And this song woke me up. I didn't even need coffee. I was just like, <laughs> it's a great <laughs> sequence. And you have the fire coming out of the, the, the trash can. A lot of trash fires <laughs> in Santa Carla. <laughs> the uh, trash fire, <laughs> and like, and you have like all of the dancing people, and that's also like, that's where we meet Star. Right. I do. Yeah. I do love how the whole sequence put together. It's very like mysterious. How you see somebody you're attracted to from like across, across a, cr- a yes. crowd or a room. Yeah. It's like, like... lock eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's pretty great. It's a, I mean... And if you're locking eyes with Jason Patrick or with <laughs> Jamie Gertz, like it doesn't, it's magic. <laughs> pure magic it's, it's like pure I, magic. I know I was 
I was hyped up. I was like, I got to watch this every morning before I go to work or anything. Just, <laughs> just, I still believe just, you can't, you can't be asleep with that song. Um, I, cause the, the first sequence is like so striking. I love how it happens a lot. Schumacher like flies the camera around. Yeah. Like, and I just love how that looks over everything. And like, he does it just to set up the city at first. And he does it to like do kind of a flying effect. Cause it means better than trying to probably because show the them kind of fly around yeah it's yeah listen i watched lady in white they try to show people flying one year after this in 88 it doesn't look good so better <laughs> take the camera and just fly it around from a first person perspective and just yes we, we got it they're flying like um and it looks super cool so yeah i love that stuff i would just, I, every time i watch lost boys i'm like this movie's so watchable because it i think because it looks so good and it's very quickly like it, it's paced really just like it moves along like it does not have any I feel like wasted scenes like and just the way there's so much energy to it like um yeah i know i really yeah i love this <laughs> i was like you know i was like i love this movie i was watching it and like this is just great like and it's just, i can put it any time and just watch it if i caught like yeah 20 minutes on tv that's great too like um yeah i don't know it's it's yeah very... it's definitely the kind of movie you can like watch little clips or scenes mm-hmm you can put it on in the background while you're doing other stuff. Cause you've seen it so many times that like, it doesn't matter if you watch it from start to finish, or you can just really like sit down and just enjoy it in its entirety. But it's, it does, this movie has a great sense of style and the music and, and the location, you know, the boardwalk mm-hmm. and the beach and these like weird beach houses. And it's, it's just, and like the lair, the vampire oh, lair. The lair is pretty cool. I will say that you like their lair. You know, this is a cool thing that I, I had forgot about. And I, I really caught it this time around. When, when David is introducing Michael, takes him to the lair. And he's talking about the 1906 the famous San Francisco 1906 earthquake and about how, you know, because of the the fault line and this thing was destroyed. So we had another earth, we had a, the big one in 1989, October mm-hmm. of 1989. I think people are probably most familiar with pictures of the destruction in San Francisco with the Bay Bridge had collapsed. For some reason, I always think of the like World Series was going on or playoffs because yes, the Oakland correct. A's were... And they're out of yes. the stadium. Or, yeah, I remember that being like a thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's the part that everyone remembers. But that earthquake coming down the San Andreas Fault, it affected the whole area all the way down into Santa Cruz and, and into my hometown, Salinas. Oh. Um, Santa Cruz, though, had a lot of destruction. Like in the downtown area, there were all these old buildings that had never been retrofitted. Oh, and uh, so they had just had massive destruction just two years after this. So that's kind of wild. That that is kind of wild. That's like weirdly foreboding. I feel like yeah, the, it is right. Yeah, that's which no, is, that's crazy. Which is this is cool, what scares me about California is the earthquakes. <laughs> this is like <laughs> we have hurricanes over here on the East Coast, which I will I will take over an earthquake because we have lots of warning that we can just get out of the state. But it's like the earthquakes. I feel like a little i don't know just it's scared it's pot but i feel like you're more scared of what you're not used to and like what yes. you're used to we're like yeah you're fine. people come here and they're like oh my god a hurricane and we're all like eh, it's fine but dear god if it snows 
this place shuts down because no one can tornadoes frighten me oh mm-hmm. the idea <laughs> of living somewhere where they get like a tornado season that has me shaking in my little witchy boots that scares <laughs> the ever-living shit out of me that's earthquakes I, I can sleep through it you know like unless it's like a really big one like i'm just like yeah see i'd be freaking out that's I, I know it's like everybody's from whatever their disaster of choice is their least <laughs> i'm off from indiana yes. i don't think she's that scared of her uh tornadoes like she's like yeah sure. hey, we drills all the time you're you used to it used to it like yeah but he and hurricanes here we're like we have like hurricane parties and we don't even care and then like people who aren't from here like do we need to get out of town i'm like it's a category one just hunker down Um, (laughs) we adapt humans adapt that's yeah but the earthquake earthquake's here but i know people in california are like eh i can sweep through an earthquake i'm like what yeah Um, you just get used to it it's it's funny but yeah um (laughs) oh boy i do want to ask you we talked i think we briefly touched on earlier (laughs) the quarries let's talk about the quarries let's talk about the (laughs) quarries Because I think there's um, <laughs> there's like two schools of thought here, or like I feel like it's a pretty, it's like the Corys people seem to love the Corys or they hate the Corys. I am more toward the, I couldn't say I love them, but I definitely like the Corys. Actually, I, I like them. Hmm. <laughs> now I didn't grow up with them. I don't know if people got sick of them because they were in a bunch <laughs> of movies for like a few years they straight, were. like. Um, I came to them after their way after they were like at their peak, like, you know, and I'm like, oh, I like these guys. They're in movies together. Um, I like uh, Corey Feldman, like kind of, he, you know, Stand By Me and mm-hmm. Goonies and stuff like that. Like, so I'm like, I like them. Do you, <laughs> do you not like them in this movie or in general? In general. In general. Okay. Now I'm going to say this <laughs> as people outside of their acting roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, no problem with them as people. Actually, I have a lot of sympathy for them as right. child actors. They went through hell. Right, right. And it completely changed the courses of their lives. So when I say I hate the Corys, I'm talking about their acting and the roles that they took and the roles they played in movies. Can't stand them. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> the, minute, I understand. the minute Corey Haim, as soon as we get introduced to this Emerson family and they're mm-hmm. even from the jump, they're in the car driving into Santa Carla. I'm already like, I want this kid to die. <laughs> wow. I really, I, this time I think I was watching it cause I had just listened to another podcast. I'm at lost boys and there was also a lot of anti Corey talk and I'm like watching this. <laughs> I'm like watching, especially I okay, we'll talk more about Corey. Corey Haim. I don't quite get the hate for he's kind of like annoying little brother type. I yeah. don't think it's that bad. Corey Feldman's like doing a voice and stuff. I kind of get being voice. more annoyed by Corey Feldman in this movie. But like Corey Haim, I was like really trying to look for like what would bother somebody about Corey Haim in this movie. And like He's insufferably annoying <laughs> to me, to me. I right. can always speak for myself. Every word <laughs> that comes out of his mouth, his, his, the tone of his, everything, everything about this kid just irks me. Does he seem smug or something? I feel like he kind of almost like I don't know what it is <laughs> exactly. I, I but was really I looking was never a fan of the Corys. And let me tell you, I had all those teeny bop magazines. Oh, uh-huh. Tiger Beat, Bop. Right. All of those little teeny bop celebrity magazines. And you uh-huh. like tear out, you go, you go get the you go get the latest issue because your celebrity crush was on the cover and mm-hmm. whatever. 
I was not buying them for the Corys. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> was the Corys never did it for me. And, and that was one thing, oh. even as a kid, when I watched this movie, it was always just like, man, I wish, I wish the vampires had won. <laughs> I really do. I'm serious. Oh, I mean, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I don't, but yeah. like, did you, was it because of how much you didn't like the Corys <laughs> in the movie or would you, you just like the vampires more? Was it both that you like? It's associate... equal, it's both. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love vampires, period. End of story. Understand. These vampires <laughs> are, are really cool. I mean, there's some really interesting, we need to talk about the dynamics of David's group <laughs> and Michael's initiation. And like, we need to dig into that, but yeah, I mean, I think the vampires in this are really cool, but even if the vampires in this weren't that great, I just really can't stand the character of Sam and the frog brother. I just can't. Oh, okay. I want them dead. My my happy ending for this film would be David and the Lost Boys enjoy a blood buffet. <laughs> that's that's my happy ending. You could remake it film. with that ending. <laughs> oh, I, I I yeah, I think we're on complete opposite sides because I I rarely ever root for the <laughs> the bad guys. I mean, I, I I technically I think we'd agree they are the bad guys if for the story. They are, yes. So the, if the Corey's in Nori, you understand. I mean, Corey, Corey Feldman this time, I, I don't know if I was noticing more because I was looking for it, but his whole, like, I, I can't, I don't know if I can do an impression of him, but it, yeah, the whole, like, yeah, man, we're the Frog Brothers. Like, I can't, it's like a, with the weird voice. Well, it's he it's like he's trying to do an impression. Yeah, it's. I don't know if he's trying to be Stallone or like what it is he's trying to do, but yeah, he's trying yeah. to do, like, that's clearly not his natural voice. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I just, I don't know what he's doing. And they're but... dressed kind of like Rambo First Blood. Right. Throughout I, I the think, whole movie. I think I'm so used to the Corey Feldman performance. I barely even like notice it as being weird anymore, but I step back sure. and kind of look. I'm like, this is weird. Um, it's funny because I, I used to find, well, I, probably because I was younger, I definitely was more into like Sam and the Frog Brothers stuff. And I thought that Jason Patrick stuff, I thought, hear me out. I thought he was a little <laughs> boring and his stuff, I was not as interested. Now I'm so much more interested <laughs> in his stuff. Now I, I think I was way There's a lot of meat on that bone. The Jason whole, Patrick stuff, yeah. Yes, Michael, his, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's there's I mean, a lot to get into here. He there's, falls into that group quick though. I was thinking this time, I was like, does. wow, he's well, in that group. <laughs> there's, there's this whole, like, it, it could be allegory for like drug addiction. Cause there's a lot of parallels mm -hmm. in his early trans in like his early getting in with them. And then his early transition as a half vampire. At some point we have to talk about the lore in this too. <laughs> um, you know, the way that, you know, he and, and star, catch each other's eye and then david sees that and then david kind of lets her out as bait right yeah to yeah bring him in and then <laughs> there's some definite like there there's a read of this film that there's some definite homoerotic subtext going on in here too like there's there's a lot yeah and i'd heard that too and i don't remember where it was that same podcast and i never had picked up on it but i it's like i you know i feel like i'm not good looking for that kind of stuff but uh just was the idea that 
I thought maybe I, I can't remember how it was pitched, but like that these were like boys who were like you could read it maybe way off here, but like reading it as like boys who were like disowned or orphaned because they were gay and Michael was trying to wrestle with his sexuality and they accept him in and it's I don't you might, I mean I'd, maybe you could I'd, take it that far I, yeah. I don't know if I would go that far I yeah <laughs> there's a thing here's the thing about vampires and 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 it's part of why I think Lost Boys is so pivotal um and then within a few short years you have the adaptation the film adaptation of Anne Rice's interview with the vampire and you have which I think has also been said is a very homoerotic type yes. story. Well, like, and, yeah. and that is because that is very much in the text in uh, yeah, her, her book. Yeah. yeah. Which were written in like the, she started writing them in the seventies. So it had been around, but you hadn't seen that on film. Um, you did a little bit with Fright Night. We start to see like the vampire is, is more sexy, but you're definitely still supposed to root for the, the teenagers mm -hmm. to vanquish the evil. But by this film, I feel like we're on the cusp of getting into that. No, the vampires are sexy and you want to be one, right? <laughs> like this yeah, is, yeah. This is like a tipping point where we're starting to, it's starting to tip in that direction of the vampires being more seductive and more sympathetic. Um, but the David character, like right from the gate, Kiefer Sutherland, he's got, I mean, it's a look. <laughs> It's, it's yeah, it's a bold look. It's it's a bold look. And and right from the gate, it's like he's oozing this this big energy of like indiscriminate sexuality. Mm -hmm. Like pansexual or something. Like it's like like when we first the very opening when we see the the David and the boys at the carousel and he like touches this woman's face, some rando lady <laughs> uh -huh. on, on the, on the carousel. He's like touching her, caressing her face, you know, and then her boyfriend like tries to start a fight, but it's like, and he's just as there's, he's exuding as much intimacy towards the male characters as the female characters. He's just kind of sexual all over the place there's <laughs> yeah i kind of thought it was like also like a just animalistic type yes. peach walks around like the pack leader and like yeah yeah it's like he always has this girls. smirk like he's amused by everything yes. around it, him he does kind of, he's amused by everything yeah that's a good point and yeah it does seem like he's just like if it was michael or star or whoever he's like i don't know i'm open for anything <laughs> like yeah you know he's like whatever um yeah it's at very like, i guess yeah, I guess sexy vampires are really coming up in the 80s because I'm thinking of Tony Scott's The Hunger, too. Yeah. So big that. And then Fright Night, like you mentioned. I know yeah. Chris Rand in that sweater was big for a lot of people. <laughs> I'm, a, that, I'm a big proponent of sexy vampires. I, I, mean, I do. I do fun. enjoy vampire films of all different stripes and flavors, mm -hmm. but seductive, <laughs> sexy vampires are my favorite. <laughs> I mean, lie. it's fun. It's I, Those are... I don't know what's my favorite, but um, yeah, they, I mean, there, there's more to play with when they're like the seductive, sexy vampire. And it's like, it would yeah. be a seductive lifestyle besides having to drink blood thing. Uh, you know, the whole, like you're at the usually like physical peaks, they don't age. Like they, you know, the only bad part is like, if you're like the kid who's stuck at like, uh, yes, that's eight. unfortunate. Unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there it's just but yeah, it's, to be supernaturally strong. 
fly. Like they do look yeah. like, I, I mean, mean, all so that they've stuff. got it all power glamour. One of my favorite things in vampire lore, and it's not across the board, not every vampire film or book has this, but like when they have like a vampire glamour, when they kind of put the whammy on you. <laughs> oh, like the, like a seductive look, like a. Right. Like, yeah. Normally like, or a like trance. In, in this film they do, you know, he does, um, David has the the food appear like oh. maggots yeah. or like worms. <laughs> maggots, Michael, you're eating maggots. That's my, it's like, so, yeah. so deadpan how he says that. Yeah, yeah that, they put the whammy on you. Yeah, they have that trance. I do, that's a good, that's a good vampire power. It's probably not used quite enough. I like that. So I like it. <laughs> it's weird. I, really I like do. the two extremes, I feel like. When vampires are like very like seductive, sexy, but then mm-hmm. I also like, it's not done enough when they're like just monsters. Like I love in like Blade Two when they're yeah. and it's a whole different it's a whole different like breed they make. But like thirty days of night. Oh, those two, yeah, yeah. Like it's like I like both extremes. I like them to be like yeah. super classy, sexy, or like just monsters because I feel like those are the most interesting things. I feel like um, absolutely. Uh, they yeah. they pose the maximum threat in different ways. Yes, the sexy <laughs> exactly. vampire because they they will seduce you. They can manipulate your desire and attraction to bring you close enough for them to murder you. <laughs> mm-hmm. We just like turn you into a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the super monstrous ones, it's like, you just don't stand a chance because they have this, you know, they can't be reasoned with. Right. They're just going to attack you like a wild animal mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I, I do. Yeah. I don't know if like, Lost Boys does it very well. They didn't like invent the sexy vampire, but no. they do. And they make the lifestyle very seductive. I always think that too. It's like, because sometimes you're like, do I want to be a vampire? But then you see Lost Boys, you're like, I kind of do want to be a vampire. They're having a good time. They're having a good Riding time. Riding around on their motorcycles, no helmet, because they're not worried about head injuries. And right? <laughs> I mean, they have that tagline is great. You for Lost Boys, sleep all day, party all night, never grow old, never die fun to be yeah. a vampire like i'm yeah. like you put it like that you're like yeah it sounds pretty cool <laughs> like, they do have the unfortunate issue of their feet oh yeah <laughs> i forgot about how how ugly the feet were so. yeah so these vampire the lore in this particular vampire story they sleep upside down like bats not in coffins and their feet are hideous <laughs> they're really bad yeah but it's okay because they have great hair I, I want to take a minute. I would be remiss if I did not take a moment to talk about the hair in this film. A lot of great hair in this movie. There's a lot. There's of great- so much great eighties <laughs> hair in this movie, like across the board. It, it really is. Keith. I mean, Kiefer's hair. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> Alex winter as Marco, the curly mullet. I mean, very few people could pull that off. Alex Winter can. Um, Jason Patrick has this kind of almost, he has this almost Jim Morrison-esque look about him. Yeah, it's not a little bit. It's not really a mullet, but it's like, yeah. It's kind of wild looking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then, and then you have Jamie Gertz as star who at the time I was, pea green with envy about her hair she had the most gorgeous hair i'm still jealous (laughs) i mean the the hair in this 
the hair in this film is beautiful. I am a little sad that we didn't get any great 80s hats. Oh, well, that would have that covered up the great 80s hair. It was like a... It might, but you, <laughs> no, there's ways. There's ways to get a really... You can have the 80s hair and then have a nice, a well-appointed hat. Think about Pretty in Pink. Ducky's got great hair. He still manages to wear a hat. This is true. Yeah. I'm a big fan of 80s hair and 80s hats. A nice, well-appointed <laughs> hat. I think we could have snuck one in there. That's all I'm saying. Somebody should have worn a hat. Maybe one of the Frog yeah. Brothers. You would have liked them better if they had a nice hat. <laughs> I would have liked them better with a bag over their heads. <laughs> or a gag in their mouths. <sighs> oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay. Frog Brother lovers. <laughs> I just okay. I can't control myself when it comes We're on to opposite it. sides here. I mean, I get that the vampires are cooler, but I'm I'm just such a <laughs> boring boy scout. I'm in a root for the good guys like every time. That's okay, friend. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, it's okay. I'm 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 on an, an extreme end because I just hate all things Corys. <laughs> Again, not that I miss people, right? But like pretty much every role they ever played. I just find it annoying. So I'm on the extreme end of that. Won't be back for our license to drive podcast. I will not. No, <laughs> no, just, that was their movie. Right. I said that. I was like, I don't know. It's even yes. a Corey. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know how many they had, but it, it's funny. Cause I feel like I don't know how many movies they had together, but it doesn't feel like that many. Cause it's like license to drive this dream, a little dream, I think is yeah. one if, to get, I mean, how many more do they have together? That's all I, I don't can think. know. You're like you're like three is too I really, many. I really don't know. Three is too do you, many. Do you like them? At, probably not. Super question. I was like better separately or no? Just not no, any. No, no nothing. Not okay. At all. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I, because I had one question that was like, who do you, who do you not like in this movie? And the answer has been apparently clear. Very I was like, abundantly is there, clear. Is there a performance that doesn't work for you? I did write the core racing question mark. That's the one. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting characters in this that I can kind of take or leave. Like, I think Mm -hmm. they're kind of funny, but like, not a bit like like grandpa. Oh, I listen. I need more grandpa scenes. I this time I was funny. He's silly. Everything he says is great. I was like, this guy kills it every time he's in a scene. I need five more scenes at least with him in it. Just work him in more. Uh, This time I was for some reason I appreciate it more this time than I've ever. And I always said it was funny before. I laughed so hard at the TV guide thing this time too. And he's like, you get the TV guide, don't pull up the sticker. And it's like, why do you have a TV guide? You don't get, you don't have a TV. He's like, you don't need TV. If you have a TV guide, you just read about it. It's like crazy I know so old many man. people. I know some, I know some people that grew up in Santa Cruz with like hippie parents that, and they mm-hmm. never had a TV or they had a TV with like one channel. So this oh. tracks. There's an authenticity to this. He's into the taxidermy stuff. He's into the uh, taxidermy, which that part's cool. Like I get that, but oh yeah, yeah. Like the Windex. Come on, Grandpa. <laughs> he's crazy. Windex for real. He's a, yeah, that's he's, weird. He's quirky. He's a quirky yeah. old man. He does <laughs> listen. He, well, he gets the best line of the movie. He gets that kill. The last line is amazing. The last line is is good. <laughs> One thing I understand Santa Carla was all the goddamn vampires because <laughs> i was like he knew i really was i was blown away by that revelation when i first saw this and i was like he knew and then of, of course the spoiler people have seen lost boys but uh uh edward I don't know herman, to tell you if you haven't yeah edward herman being the leader because i was more impressed <laughs> this time about how they completely 
go through all the stuff and then discount him as a possibility. Like they really go out of their way to like do the whole scene with him with the garlic right. and the mirror. And they're just like, he's not him. <laughs> and they, you said, I forgot how early they set up that it could be him. And then like, no, no, mm-hmm. it can't be him. But then this time I also thought, <laughs> what other character could it possibly be? Because they don't have like any other characters they introduced to be suspects. It could have been like yeah. the grandpa maybe, but I don't know that would have made sense. But no. uh, I was like, well, that's a little weird because like, yeah, you discounted Edward Herman, but like you have no other like real suspects of who the leader is. Correct. Correct. So, and, and this kind of goes back to the the lore here. Yes. This idea that if you invite the vampire in, then you're rendered powerless. That's I've never heard that ever. I felt no. like that. Yeah. No, like one of the the kind of more common pieces of lore is like you invite a vampire in, like they can't come in unless they're invited. Right. That's that I've heard. The whole powerless thing. It's like being made up for Lost Boys. Yeah, it's right? weird. It's weird. Yeah, well, like yeah, like yeah. So it's a twist on this one, and I I think it's lore they've twisted to kind of make fit the movie. The thing makes sense because he, they invite him in, and and when you watch a lot of other vampire movies, if you've never seen this one before, but you've seen others, the kind of assumption is, oh, he has to be invited in. He can't come in unless he's invited. But later in the movie, David and the others lay siege to the house. They come into the house. They were not invited. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Right? So the lore in this is not that the vampire has to be invited in or it prevents them from entering. Clearly, they can enter uninvited. But if you invite them in, then you can't hurt them. Right. <laughs> they got him that. with the holy water. They got him with the garlic. None of it worked. Yeah. It's all his reflection. Mm-hmm. All there. And then you're like, it can't be him. And then, nope, it is. <laughs> like, uh, which shocked with his me. Weird, with his weird, <laughs> what did they call it? They called it his blood-sucking Brady Bunch plan. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he was, he was looking for a mom. That's all they wanted. He just wanted to find a mom. He was like, he, but he had the whole place. I got to get the two boys on board first as vampires. I got, <laughs> then I get the very mom. elaborate. He just really wanted a mom for this family. He really thought that Kiefer would tie it all Sutherland together. Sutherland doesn't need a mom. No. Yeah. They're way past that. I think of having a mom. Like that's weird. Um, it was weird. It's a weird plan. Poor little laddie. Poor little laddie could use a mom, but oh, he's got yeah. star. He's got star. Star is like a surrogate mom. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so this, too- this was a, a whole weird thing to go through just to make a little family unit right that so but, it was you know, a, i wonder yeah. it's kind of like homage to to peter pan right yeah i mean the lost the boys name boys and, and wendy comes and she's kind of mothering all the boys you right know, so it's kind of like that yeah it's true that's true i don't know that was his whole plan it wasn't yeah, it was weird. I don't know. But I was like, it didn't work out for him. So, oh, well. But I remember, yeah, just seeing that and be like, wow, it was him. Because I was I was like, they told me it, would, it couldn't be him possibly. I was like. They lied to you. All I knew about vampire lore, thrown out the window. I was like. Yes. What? Yeah. Um, you didn't you didn't get all the rules up front. So no, how are you no, supposed no. to know? I, I do love all the the kills in that last sequence because they're pretty yeah. spectacular. They are. Uh, you probably, I don't know how you feel about it. I do love the death by stereo line. It's a great, 
got huge applause when I saw it in theaters. Got like <laughs> massive cheers, Death by Stereo. Like it's maybe... a good line. I'll give him that. It's a good line. Um, and then God, when the I can't remember which is it Alex Winter goes in the bathtub. No, Alex Winter got he got got back at the lair. Oh, He's that's the first oh my god, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which this time I was thinking to myself like. Like, how dare you kill off Alex Winter first? Yeah, that's a weird choice. And then, you know, what I thought was weird this time, too, was that he gets killed. They all they all run out of the cave because it's daytime. But then the other vampires go back to sleep, <laughs> which I don't know if yeah. they have to go back to sleep. But I thought it was weird. It's like our friend has got murdered. OK, back to sleep. <laughs> like, yeah, I, mean, I think I don't, they have to sleep. I think they have to sleep. But it just made me laugh because it's like they, this crazy stuff is happening. They're like, OK, guys, back to sleep. We'll get him. We'll get him when the sun goes down. Because <laughs> then he does wake up pissed. He like wakes up just immediately yeah. like, ah, and then flies out. But I did laugh thinking like that he, Alex Winter's <laughs> been murdered. And they're just like, OK, guys, well, we got to get our beauty rest and we'll go get him later. But yeah. um, I assume they must go, they must have to sleep. But uh Okay, I, I don't know why I was I confusing the other the other blonde character. <laughs> I always feel bad because I forget <laughs> the other guys' names all the time. Um, Paul and Dwayne. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, they just and because yeah, the one the guy eats in the bathtub, it's just like blood shooting out and everywhere. <laughs> it's it's like, wild. It's yeah. wild. Why? <laughs> like, why? Why the plumbing? With like the blood geysers. I I have no idea. It's very, everything's very big with these vampires. Sometimes I feel there's just wind following them around for no reason. (laughs) Like just walk around with wind machines or the things blow up. Here's a question for you. I want, what, what does a vampire's blood taste like in this, in this universe? (laughs) Because when 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 they when they start courting Michael and they take him back to the lair and we go through the whole worms and stuff, and then he gives him this bottle of wine. It looks like like they've hodgepodged or like bejeweled, like bedazzled this this bottle. Uh-huh. And and Star tells Michael, "Don't drink it; it's blood." And Michael says, oh, no, you know, whatever, because, you know, he did just get the whammy put on him to see the the bugs, but he drinks out of it. (laughs) And I wonder what did it what did it taste like? Because that clearly couldn't have tasted like blood because blood has a very distinct taste. I I mean, well, yeah, I was my own blood, but I bit my lip or something. I was like, right. Yeah. they must well, have they a very mi- distinct taste. So did they I'm mind curious. Trick him again? Did they do like a little? I don't know because he was chugging it. He seemed to have no problem. I, I think I must have imagined that they <laughs> did a, like another mind trick on him. He thought it was wine or something. I guess because it isn't until <laughs> quite a bit later where he goes, "That wasn't wine, was it?" It's like, no, <laughs> no. What did it the... taste like to you? <laughs> I thought I'm it curious. was juice. Like I was yeah, curious I was like... this time. Like I wonder what it tasted like. I think I just went with wine, which is the boring <laughs> answer. He's like, oh my God, this is Jolt Cola. <laughs> like, Jolt what is he? Cola. <laughs> He's like, I can fly now. <laughs> Jolt. Oh my God. Oh, a drink that I think was at around that time. It's a little before my time. Make that reference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jolt. Um, I don't know. I Yeah, that's, uh, what if he just like, cool, I like blood. I'm going to drink. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, I it's mean, good blood. You might um, some people are into that. <laughs> oh, I um, 
Oh God, let me see. Look at my notes here. Uh, like, okay, so the Corys, <laughs> not a fan. Got no. that. Uh, Jason Patrick, what do you think of him? Because I, like I said, I, I used to think he was kind of like the weak part of the movie, but now I mm. have completely flipped and think he's actually pretty good. So I don't know what. Changed. I think he's really good. I okay, think he's really yeah. good. When I was, I mean, when I first saw this as a kid, the extent of my thoughts and feelings was, oh my God, he's so dreamy. <laughs> uh-huh. that, was, that was the extent of it. <laughs> the first, you know, couple of times I saw it as a kid. Um, <laughs> over the years, I, I've really come to appreciate that broody. I, I love brooding characters. I, I can't help myself. Uh-huh. I just do. I know some people find that really annoying, uh, but I just, I love a brooding, a brooding melancholic character. I love a, I love a Hamlet. I love a Heathcliff. Like mm. that's just, so I, I like that Michael has this like, <sighs> yeah, he's just, he's just kind of got this like dark melancholic kind of quality about him and you can tell he cares about his family but he's at that age where you're pulling away from your family he's Mm -hmm. he's gotten himself into something that he doesn't think his family can understand and I mean that's I think that that metaphor works for a lot of things and that are applicable to teenagers or young people like that you're getting into something you're exploring things and you're doing it alone mm-hmm. and you don't feel like you can tell your mother. And I, I love the scene between, um, um, Diane Weist. I think it was Diane Weist. Cause there's a family guy reference. I was like, Diane Weist. Like it's like, that's why it always reminds me. Yeah. And yeah. she always, she just, she became like the single mom in the movies yeah yeah in the late 80s and she's so good at it and <laughs> she is good I love, at the it. Scene, I love the scene between them where she's trying to get him to open up and and he's not being like shitty asshole teenager right he's being very closed off like but he's not opening up but he's not being like right. super disrespectful either but he's just like He's in right. too deep into this thing <laughs> that he just doesn't feel like he can share with his mother like mm-hmm. there's this, I, I I really I really enjoy his character. I like the performance. It's not, there's some little subtle things he's doing. There's like body language and. Right. You know? <laughs> I will say it's far more subtle than the Corys are doing. The core, nothing the Corys yes. is doing is subtle. Like yeah. at all. Um, yeah. Like the, yeah. Like he's, I feel there's a lot of like uh, Jason Patrick, like kind of wrapping him like his own arms, kind of like covering himself like, up and he's got the sunglasses on. He just feels mm-hmm. like he's very, you feel the transformation without, they don't have to do like the makeup till like near the end, I believe. Like yeah. I do also love the vampire makeup when they go like full, I call it rage mode or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> like when they go full vampire, I do love it. Cause it's like, it's not, I don't think it's too much. It's just enough. It's just it's, right. You, just you can right. clearly see their, their human faces. Right. It's but just with, enhanced to enhanced, look. Yes. You know? Yeah. yeah and that I reminds agree. me of the scene where they attack 
those guys, that little group at like the bonfire, you know, the bonfire. And it's like, that's the point where I, I, I'm forgetting the movie is rated R until that scene happens. And someone like bites someone in the skull and like blood shoots out. And the guy gets like his throat ripped out. Yeah. Because I was thinking like, wait, why is this rated R again? And then that happens like, oh, right. This like, and that. stuff. stuff that and, the end. and the sex scene. Oh, yeah, that's true. All they, how much do they show? You don't really scene? see that much. It's right. <laughs> so, I think Here's the ending something. too. Yeah. Here's something. <laughs> so, because I was thinking about this <laughs> as I was rewatching it. I feel like David's approach was all wrong here. Uh-huh. It was smart to send Star out as bait. Smart. Because who can resist wild, Listen. bohemian, free-spirited James <laughs> with that gorgeous hair? Nobody. No one's going to say no to that. <laughs> but, you know, and, and and there's kind of that that playful, they're kind of teasing him and challenging him and and what have you. But this is the thing that gets me. They don't ever... Like they keep saying, be one of us, but they don't actually explain to Michael what that means. It's true. And then like when they go to the bridge when they're on <laughs> that trellis and they're like, should we tell Michael what's going on? Yeah, we should tell Michael what's going on. And then they don't actually tell him what's going on. They just jump down, which is very cool. Like it's a very mm-hmm. cool scene. It's a great it's scene. Really yeah, yeah. Fun. But when you think, when you kind of stop and think about it, it's like, well, that doesn't tell him anything. This is true. He still doesn't know what's happened to him. It's also the point where I would have definitely left. If they were like, jump down with us, Michael. I've been like, <laughs> I'm going home. I'm done. I'll see you guys later. Like, I was like I'm out. 100%. Uh, he goes along. I mean, he does hesitate quite a bit. But I mean, right. he jumps down. Then he jumps down again when they fall off of the, they're holding on. And he just, they're like, Michael, join us. I mean, I, I, they don't really yeah, explain it's not until that bonfire scene. Until the bonfire. They're like, now you know what we are. It's like, you guys really kind of tricked me here, didn't you? <laughs> you really you really screwed me. It's like, shit, now I got to do this. Because um, I, I feel like they could have eased him into like, hey, we're vampires. But then you could give him the, the selling points. Right. Like You're immortal. You're you could immortal. have sex with Star until for, de- you know, for centuries. Oh, right. <laughs> We never get old. You're going to have that gorgeous hair and that really chiseled jawline forever, forever. <laughs> right. You can fly. You can be strong. Yeah. It's we like... stay out all night on the boardwalk and, you know, like you could like slowly piecemeal sell him the glamorous, exciting side of vampirism. Yeah. So he and falls then in very you hit easily. him with the look. We're gonna massacre the people at this bonfire, right? And we have these ugly feet. <laughs> Your feet are gonna get real ugly, so sandals you know, are out. So <laughs> yeah, you want to save that until you've already got him, got him on the hook, right? I feel like the approach was lacking. You take about talk about all the pros, then you hit him with the cons, and exactly. Uh, you may even say like, you gotta drink some blood, but then they, he hasn't. To see a massacre happen is probably like, oh. Like, and I, this, this comes up in a few vampire movies, but I always think about like, why don't they just go to hospitals or blood banks and just take blood and drink it that way? But like, I, I don't know if they ever address it really. I know some vampires in movies do it because they're like, I want to be humane and not kill anybody. But like these guys, they just like massacring people. You know what I mean? It's like you would think. Sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, different, um, different movies, different stories kind of tweak the lore a little bit. 
around that. And, but I mean, let's just, like, if I just kind of think about it, right. Like blood coagulates as it gets cold. That's like, can true. you imagine like how gross? Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's something too that could be like, oh, live bloods is better. Like, right. You know, it's the, cause it's like the whole, like, you know, the blood is that the drinking of the blood for immortality is like this whole, like blood is life. Right. Right. So it's close to the source. That's and true. It's flowing. The life force is flowing kind of thing. See, this is me just trying and, to think. I'd like to be a human. And who wants vampire. to drink cold clotted blood? Think about it. <laughs> yeah. That's foul. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing sexy about that no that's not it's not sexy uh i, I think they try to be like <laughs> i want to be a humane vampire and, and not hurt anybody <laughs> like uh but no you're probably right after a while you'd be like i gotta get i gotta get the real stuff yeah go kill <laughs> i mean in some stories you'll have they'll have like a familiar that lets them feed on them oh yeah they have like a human pet which he does have a uh, or not a human pet but he has a pet in this movie the, the dog or everyone yeah. has that dog that attacks. And I remember before I was like, God, this dog is so fucking mean. And then I was like, oh, right. Okay. Uh, didn't put that together until the end. But, um... And we haven't talked about Nanook. Oh, Nanook. Okay, yes. Nanook, vampire hunter. Love that dog. Nanook is the real vampire hunter. This That's guy. true. He's doing a lot of the work for the Frog Brothers and Corey <laughs> Like, yeah. Nanook saves... Corey Haim's life in that bathtub. Mm -hmm. He senses Michael before Michael even knows what's happening to him. And then, yeah, later on again with the bathtub, I don't know what it is about Nanook in the bathtub, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what's, I don't know what's with Corey Haim in the bathtub. Cause that character, I... I'm like, that's like for toddlers. <laughs> like I can't, I, I take a bath occasionally to like relax or some sore muscles. I can't remember last time I like soap and shampooed in a bathtub. Like I take a shower like a normal person. Right, right. I'm like, kids, you're a little past baths. Come on. Like, what are you doing? That's the one thing I thought was weird. Just the one thing. Uh, no, I just remember thinking, I'm like, why are you doing it? Like, what? And I mean, again, Nanook, yes. Because he's a Corey. Well, yeah. You're like, this is the shit Corey's do. This is the shit Corey's do. Oh, I mean. I don't know. I thought that was weird, but yeah, no, Nanook is a great movie dog. I, he does really do most of the work for. He saved their ass. He does. He really more than once. Yes, more than once. He's pretty great. Um, I was actually. Oh, what was the question? Was like, would you want to be a vampire? I think you made that very clear. Yes. Yes, you would. Be. I'm on record. I would do it in a heartbeat. I'm torn. I'm really the torn. one thing that gives me pause is the whole immortality thing. Right. <laughs> that's actually more of a curse you live right. long enough it's yeah it yeah. would get you know like you wouldn't recognize the world anymore it'd be lonely everybody you see around you just die off and i'd even just think about in my lifetime mm -hmm. how many things have changed yeah <laughs> with like the acceleration of technology and there's certain things that are just unrecognizable i can only imagine if you have to do that for hundreds of years Right. Like some plus, of it would probably be exciting, but yeah, some things would probably be very frustrating or alienating. But you could, but I mean, you could off yourself. You could, you walk out of the sunlight. You're you're yeah. done. Yeah, it's a pretty so easy way to done, off. Yourself. You put in your three hundred years or whatever. You feel good <laughs> about all you've accomplished. Mm -hmm. 
and then yeah you then you just walk out and watch your 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 first and last sunrise and you're done <laughs> yeah it's that, a beautiful I mean, existence <laughs> i'm just saying you make a good point because i the immortality thing was holding me up too well i don't mm-hmm. i'm toward i'm not as i i like i'm like eh I like, it's funny because I feel like when I was younger, immortality sounded cooler. You think as you get older, it would sound better, but no, it sounded a worse. Curse. Yeah, it, I, I think because I'm so into Highlander too, it's all about immortality. And like, it just right. seems tough. It just seems, and like, especially, I mean, if we're thinking about like really like real modern times, you want to live a normal life. You need all these you need documentation. You need social oh, security yes. number. Like, and it'd be harder to like hide. And people would be like, wait, you've been around for- you know 300 years mm-hmm. it's like i guess you keep pretending you're your own kid or something like you're yeah, like oh you have i'm so and so the fourth like you know i don't know but it's it's all it's too much to compromise like thinking about being immortal is like too much it could wrap my head around and it just seems like after a while it would just be yeah like very depressing yeah um, like i don't want to do this anymore right done. <laughs> but then you're like you can off yourself or walk in the sunlight i'm like i don't know but i really See? don't want to kill people and drink their blood i really don't super want to- strength <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I would probably choose not to, although I'm much of a choice. Lying. Just... Yeah. So the glamour time. thing, putting the whammy on people. Come on. Okay. That is that's probably the best part. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, I think it sounds amazing. I mean, it does sound cool when you sell it like that. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think know. I would make a great vampire. Look, I almost sold you on it. <laughs> That's true. You did better than they did. Like you did, <laughs> told me the pros and I was like, you're right. I was not in, I don't know. I feel like I'd still say no, but then if someone actually presented to me, I'd probably be scared and be like, yeah, yeah. Don't kill me. Just turn me into a vampire. <laughs> like, I don't want to die. Um, yeah. Cause don't you always joke about like that you don't like the sun and you go out I hate and you want to dress in layers and yes, I know. do. <laughs> I absolutely. I already do that. You're like, I'm ready to be a vampire now. I'm Somebody ready right now. <laughs> Who's out there? I'm ready oh. for the dark embrace. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I am. I, I'm going to take the opposite stance of you because you're already going to be a vampire. I will choose not to be. <laughs> stick to, <laughs> not an easy choice, but I'm going to stick to my guns. I feel like it's, it's, it's who I am, but you know, ask me tomorrow. It's okay. Like It's okay. Like if my back hurts tomorrow, I'll be like, you know what? Turn me into a vampire. <laughs> yeah. The wanna... super healing. Super I mean, that's healing. nice. Anyone that's ever thrown their back out or like broken a bone. Yeah. I mean, the older you get, your body starts hurting. So it's yeah. like, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. You asked me if I'm having a, if I'm like hurt for some reason, I'm like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll be a vampire. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I, listen, you did a great job. <laughs> You've sold it really well. I, think I mean, not that to... it matters because it's not real, but that, that we know of. <laughs> we know yeah, don't, maybe they're just hiding like in blade they control things from behind the scenes <laughs> they're secretly running everything below ground who knows um they're just they're picking their their spots um a girl but, can dream there you go don't give up hope it could happen <laughs> um anything else you could think of talk about in the lost boys oh man <laughs> I mean, this is this is the kind of film that if you really wanted to, it's like you go scene by scene and just dig into all the little details. I mean, we would be here all night if we, <laughs> you know. Is that, yeah, I was like, I have, I don't have any notes besides really our top three thing, but I was like, I thought we had touched all the main points really, because it's like, 
it's I mean, there are I think there are themes you could explore and things you could think about like subtext, but it's not like particularly right. super deep movie at one level. And no. there's deeper levels you can go with it. But... You can read into it if you want to. Right. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. I will just say, like, I think it looks great. I think it still looks mm-hmm. great. Uh, I think it's super fun. It's very watchable. It's very stylish. The soundtrack is awesome. Uh, I think the whole cast is great. Even, even the Corey. <laughs> Maybe not great. Maybe I will just say they're fun. They're good. They're good. <laughs> For Fair. me, they're good. Um, I wish Corey Feldman was doing the voice thing, but I'm just so used to it. I'm like, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's a movie I can watch anytime. I thought it was a fun one to kick off this too because it's it really feels like a summer horror because like the beach like a summer horror it it's like end, end of summer transition to fall so it's like yeah we're still in september we're still in that weird period where it's like i'm sure i know california's been like super hot lately so, yeah we're having a heat wave it's and it's still been in the 80s here so it does hell. not even feel like it's going to be fall anytime soon but um we're getting there we're getting there so uh yeah i don't know anything to wrap up on lost boys <laughs> anything else you want to say <sighs> there's a lot I know (laughs) people are strange my friend and you're a stranger (laughs) good note I just yeah I this is a movie that I will probably I've I've seen it so many times and I will watch it so many more because it's just fun it's just a fun movie it is I want to see it with a crowd again too because that was a really good that was a good time so um I think it's safe to say we both we both love this movie so yes Good. Okay. <laughs> oh, one last thing I forgot. How does Grandpa know that they're in the house and to drive that car to that door? And <laughs> is he just taking a shot in the dark? Uh, I guess. Okay. I, it's just today I really thought about it. I'm like, wait, he just crashed a car into his own house. I don't think yeah. he knew there was danger in there. <laughs> like, no clue. He just, I guess he's crazy. He just, I don't know. He's like, I'll take a shot. <laughs> yeah. Grandpa's a kook. That's, ba- that's Unless I missed something. I don't know. I was just like, well, that worked out, didn't it? He drove the car through and a giant wooden stake came out. <laughs> Good. Um, oh, no. I thought it was funny. But uh, also, uh, I love Grandpa. He needed more scenes. Uh, so, Grandpa okay. is fun. Grandpa's great. Um, For sure. Okay. As we usually do, we do an episode, uh, a top three something. And I feel oh, we yeah. talked about top three empires. We said that was way too difficult. Way too hard. Way, way we, too difficult. That's it. I mean, trying to top favorite or top vampire movies like that's its own whole episode oh yeah that's yeah yeah so top three joel schumacher movies much easier i think much easier although i feel like i'm wildly unqualified for this because i thought i'd seen more of his movies i'm going through his imdb and i'm like i still haven't seen a lot of joel schumacher movies so you know schumacher is one of those directors that i feel like I forget just how many movies he directed. Yeah. Over He's, his career. Like you have the ones the place that, too. that kind of yeah. stick out, but yes. And they're very, it's varied. They run the gamut. <laughs> really run the gamut. Like it's kind of crazy. When I was looking at his stuff. I'm like, wow, he's done like everything, like every genre. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, fascinating. Yeah. He's got one of those filmographies I love where when you look at it, you're like, this is directed by the same person. <laughs> like kind of like Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott is similar. Oh yeah. 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 That's a good comparison because they've done like every they've touched everything. Like yes, all you can't pin that you can't pin them down. Um and there's definitely things about their their style and approach that you can trace kind of across the films. 
but the the subject matter the genres are all over the place yes yes very true yeah <laughs> did you want to do wait do we usually do just straight through do like do you top three in my top three we go three three two two one one back and forth because now i don't remember when i'm <laughs> no well, usually i usually go three two one and okay. then you go three two one i think I think you're right. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it that way. <laughs> yes. Okay. So my number three is the Lost Boys. Number three. Okay. Okay. Number three. I'm now I'm really curious what's two and one. <laughs> so as happens sometimes when you and I do this, my one and two are kind of interchangeable. Like they swap places. Like sometimes I'll, I'll watch one of these and I'm like, oh, this one's my favorite. And then I'll watch the other one and go, oh, no, no, this is number one. So my one and two are kind of interchangeable. But today mm-hmm. I will say my number two Joel Schumacher film is eight millimeter. Okay. Yes. The one I have seen. <laughs> that's not surprising, right? Like, you know, no. gonna happen. <laughs> that I thought would be in there, but I think I thought it'd be like, behind lost boys basically no okay okay i fucking love eight millimeter i don't i don't know if i can impress on people how much i love eight millimeter you did a did you do a podcast eight millimeter no no i've mentioned it like on like um shows where there's like a list of things okay but i've never done like a dedicated eight millimeter episode gotcha okay so if anyone wants to hear me talk about snuff films you know where to find me on Twitter. Yeah. I'm accepting invitations. Um, Careful with that. <laughs> not to be in a snuff film to talk about eight millimeter. Just, I wouldn't even invite <laughs> like, hey, if you want to talk snuff films, my, my DMs are open. <laughs> Going to get a guy in a black ski mask so you, who's like. You've got your teenage girl human shield. I've got... <laughs> I'm asking for open invitations to talk about Snap Phillips, and that's where we are today. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Compose myself. <laughs> My number one is Tigerland from 2000, starring this Colin Farrell. Is the one that I think when I was looking through all those movies, I'm like, I should have seen Tigerland because I, I've heard it's like one of his better movies. I've never seen it, <laughs> but I've heard good things. I uh, love it. And when it came out, I rented it when it was like a new release and I was obsessed with it. I watched it a lot Mm -hmm. and Colin Farrell is so young, but he is so good. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Okay, man. All right. I need to see that. Um, Boy, this is, (laughs) this is tough because I'm like, I'm torn on some of these. Ah. I'm making this up as we as we talk. Sorry. <laughs> um, I thought I had it, but now I'm looking. I'm like, am I sure? Okay. I'm gonna say. I mean, you. We're, no one's holding you to this for the rest of your life. <laughs> this is true. This is just this for is today. A, this is set in stone. Talk I can never change it. No. Um. Okay. I'm gonna go. There's one on here I want to put on here, but I haven't seen it in so long. I don't think it's gonna hold up for me, so I'm not gonna put it on Fuck here. It. Well, I. <laughs> I'm going to say my number three 
wait, hold on. <laughs> now I lost where I was. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay. My number three is phone booth. Okay. That was a really good thriller when I saw it back in the day. Uh, my number two would still be Batman Forever. Because <laughs> I do really like Batman Forever. Hey. Better than Batman and Robin. Um, you enjoy it. And my number one is The Lost Boys. Nice. Was like, that was very clear. But I was like, it's, it's definitely The Lost Boys. But I have not seen Flatliners. I've not seen Tigerland. The one I was hinting at that I haven't seen in forever is Falling Down. Oh, yeah. I felt yeah. like I liked, but I feel like it may or may not hold up for me now. I don't know. It like, might not. I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it since it first came out. Yeah. Flatliners is a fun watch. Uh, I enjoy that one. I think I that would be like if we were doing like a top five mm-hmm. Schumacher, that would be in there. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend Tigerland. It's I mean, it's it's kind of heavy because it's like a Vietnam movie, but mm-hmm. it's good. I yeah, did see- you know, I honestly oh. think mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sorry to keep harping on this. It's OK. Lost Boys would be higher on the list if it was all about like Michael and his like initiation with the vampires. If we didn't have to deal with the Frog Brothers, like Lost Boys would probably be <laughs> higher. But it's that's yeah. I mean, the more I think about it, the more we talk about it too. Those those two storylines do feel like pretty. Uh, what's the word? I don't know. They feel kind of far apart from each other, especially in tone. I yeah, mean, they come the together. Tone. They come together, obviously. At one point, but it's like it does. It's kind of like they're on two very different tracks. I feel like in the same movie. Totally. And, and I get, you know, that for a lot of people, they enjoy kind of like the comedic aspects of things. You know, mm-hmm. so I get it. But yeah, so if anyone's saying like, how in the hell did she put Lost Boys third? <laughs> I really think that's why. It's those damn Corys again. <laughs> those damn Corys. And I mean, it's hard to compete against a Nicolas Cage movie. Which I have seen and I was, I don't, I'm sorry to say, a little <laughs> okay. disappointed by because okay. I thought, I really thought I was going to like really, really like it. And I mm. just, I just did not get into it as much as I thought I would. It didn't really it love didn't, it. it. It did not get great reviews when it came out. Like, it's it's definitely a questionable choice. There are probably some listeners right now that are like, 8mm, are you serious? I'm fucking dead serious. <laughs> he has done, I'm just looking at filmography still, the, the highs and lows are just crazy. The peaks and the valleys, it's like, yeah. have you seen number 23? Yes. Yeah. What do you think of that one? <laughs> I I only saw it like once and like a long time ago. So I I remember <laughs> just being like, yeah, it's fine. But I, I don't remember much about. Yeah, I remember. I just I remember thinking it was kind of like a train wreck. I don't know. Like he did that movie Bad Company with Chris Rock and Anthony Hopkins. Which I think it's kind of a mess. But then he has like Tiger, which is supposed to be really good. Like I mean, you just said it was really great. Um it's just Batman and Robin, <laughs> just like I mean, he's admitted the problems of that movie, basically. Um, sure. What else? I mean, falling down, and then there's another Saint Elmo's Fire, which I think we've said that before we uh, even started. That yeah, we might like, have talked about that off off air. 
that uh, you hate, and I've never even I seen. I can't stand it. But, but from what I've seen or what I heard, I don't want to see Cinema Spy. I'm like, I'm good. Like, people talked about it. Another, uh, it was at this movie recently, and I was like, oh, I don't ever want to see this movie. And which is sad because what a great cast, the Brat Pack. I do like all those actors, basically. Like, I like all yeah. of them, but like, it just sounds insufferable. Like, it just sounds like not a fun time. So, um, I don't know. I do need to see Flatline. I'll probably see Flatliners like this October finally. Check hopefully. out Flatliners. That's an interesting one. I heard it's fun. Um, it and is one fun. day I will see Tigerland. I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, okay. I mean, that's top three. It was not as hard as I thought just because I was like, I haven't seen many of his movies, but the cutting sure. it down to the three, I was like, I don't know. Um, yeah, he's a very, he wasn't, I, I almost forgot he passed away until I just was looking at his IMDb. Did, like, yeah. It was like it was during, I mean, 2020. So a lot was going on. Obviously, there was a lot going on. A lot happening, but a uh, very interesting director, very interesting filmography, all over the place. I appreciate he tried everything. It's like he seemed like he would try Absolutely. any. Absolutely, and he he made some great movies. Yeah, he made he really some great had... movies. Yeah, he took shots. They didn't always hit, but when he like, you know, that's what happens like, when you're jumping all over the place. Like some stuff oh, may work. Some stuff may not, but you know, so um yeah. All right. Well, anything else on Joel Schumacher, Lost Boys, anything else to wrap up to think of? Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna have cry little sister in my head for another three or four oh, days. Oh, I'm gonna go play it as soon as we're done. <laughs> <laughs> and really think about these lyrics now that I know what they are and be like, yeah. is it all me? Yeah. And I also, I just it. know, like for the next few days, I'm going to like longingly stare in the mirror after I'm getting ready and just like, like fantasize about having Jamie Gertz's hair. It happens every time I watch this movie. Oh, well, <laughs> this and like Poison Ivy. With Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore's hair in Poison Ivy is like on point. You know, what's weird. I feel like, I feel like I've seen almost all the poison ivy sequels but not the first poison ivy. <laughs> oh that's your homework assignment I mean, i've heard good things I you just, need to uh, rectify that immediately okay. <laughs> i yeah it's a it's, hell it's a hell of a ride it sounds like fun tell you. it sounds like a crazy ride um okay more alt tiger land <laughs> and <laughs> i wouldn't watch those back to back that's not a double feature okay <laughs> No, no, probably not back to back. Not a good idea. What a not confusing, confusing night. <laughs> yeah. Um, not a good fuck and all pairing for Lindsay. <laughs> no, those, those two do not work together. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that, Lindsay. Uh, so, um, okay. Well, this was so much fun talking Lost it Boys was. with you. I'm, I mean, I knew it would be because we both really love this movie and it's a fun movie to talk about. So, yeah. um, well, I love talking movies with you, Matt. So I really appreciate you having me back. I love talking movies with you too. So thank you for coming back on. So um, we'll have to do something again soon after oh, we sp will. spooky season's over. So, um, but yes, thank you again. Do you want to go ahead and plug all your, your social media and all that stuff? Sure. Okay. So Film Feast listeners can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd, same handle for both at Carmelita Says. Very cool. And everyone should be following, if they're not following you by now, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, <laughs> but um. For our stuff they're living uh, their life they, <laughs> not i guess maybe they're not on twitter who knows but um for our stuff it's the usual 
Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Film Feast Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Maplet87. Um, follow me and the podcast on Instagram at Film Feast, all one word. Um, and I guess I should mention that I updated uh, on our posting site that a couple extra places you could listen to the podcast. Um, if you prefer, there's something called Samsung Podcast, someone pointed out to me, and one called Deezer, which sounds made up, but I think it's a real <laughs> podcast <laughs> site. Um, because I like always Fubo, say, where you're like, like Fubo, yeah. Real. I these Fubo, Philo, there's uh, another third one, someone mentioned <laughs> and now Deezer and Deezer. You can listen to podcasts on Deezer, <laughs> which sounds like a 90s industrial band or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> Deezer. I don't know. It's something. <laughs> or a Weezer cover band. Or a Weezer cover band. That'd be, it'd be good too. But I was trying to make sure wherever someone put on Twitter, it's like, oh, there's these things you might want to add. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know people listen to podcasts, but I, we were on, you know, I think Stitcher, Apple, and Spotify are like the main ones people listen to. But you got to be everywhere. Everyone needs to listen to Film Feast. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> they should. And if you're on Deezer, it makes me laugh to even say it because it's a ridiculous name but uh um we're on there now we're we're i'm trying to be everywhere so um well thanks for kicking off spooky season with me and oh it was uh, a pleasure thanks everyone for listening we'll talk to you guys next time bye everybody